Well, hello. It is Tuesday, May 26th. Big day, big show. Very thankful you're allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. I know that you could be listening or watching something else. So the fact that you're spending time with us right now, I am very, very grateful. Remember, hashtag this is where I'm at, Pat. Let me know where you're listening or watching from. Send a picture. Put some together. Really excited about it. I hope you had an incredible Memorial Day weekend. And as always, if you enjoy the show, please, please, please tell a friend or five. And if you didn't like this show, just act like it never, ever, ever happened. Here's something that never, ever, ever happened. There has never, ever, ever been a time where dad has took a massive bite into an Omaha steak and said, I didn't like that. Omaha Steaks, America's original butcher, founded in 1917, quick math, 103 years ago, have the most tender and most flavorful steaks in America. And right now, just like every year, they have an incredible Father's Day special going on. We've been eating Omaha steaks in our office for the last three, four years. They're incredible. They're not just a piece of meat, okay? It's a tender, flavorful, delicious, handcrafted steak that makes my taste buds go, damn. That's what I'm talking about out of Omaha steaks. Father's Day is coming up. So give dad the gift he really wants this year. Not a tie, not something else cliche, perfectly aged, tender steaks. Omaha Steaks will deliver the world's best steaks and a huge variety of other favorites directly to your dad's door. Omaha Steaks is America's original busher since 1917. You can order with complete confidence today and have peace of mind knowing you're sending dad the very best meat possible. Right now, Omaha Steaks is offering listeners of this show access to a variety of amazing packages that are perfect to send dad for Father's Day. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code PAT in the search bar. You'll see all of the great options available, many that include free shipping and a free one-pound package of their perfectly cured, incredibly thick, applewood-smoked steak-cut bacon. Many of the options available at omahasteaks.com when you enter the code PAT in the search bar include free shipping and, let me repeat this, a free one-pound package of their perfectly cured, incredibly thick, applewood-smoked, steak-cut bacon. Damn. There are many packages available that are perfect for dad, and they're all ready to be shipped straight to your door, his door, in time for Father's Day. What I would do is buy a couple. Not only for dad, yeah, happy Father's Day to you, but also for me. Let's go ahead and take advantage of these sales in these packages in this one pound of steak-cut bacon. All right, let's get to this show. Omaha Steaks, shout out to you for being awesome every single year for Father's Day. You've won Father's Day for me for the last few years. All right, cheers. Let's get to the show. Who knows if Dak and the Cowboys are anywhere near close to deal, but I do know that if Dak is to be a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, a wide receiver that he wishes he could throw a ball to, is a Caucasian fella that runs like a gazelle. Ladies and gentlemen, Ty Schmidt's cousin or nephew, nephew yeah. was named after this man, former wide receiver, Jordy Nelson. Yeah. How you guys doing? 
Jordy, how's that closet there with old AJ? I heard you're living in your sister's house at the moment, building a mansion out there. Good for you, Jordy. <laughs> yes, we're reaping some of the benefits from the last 10 years. So in the process of getting the house built, this closet's beautiful. I feel like there's a heat lamp or a couple of them in here. So uh, a little sauna going on. Uh, Jordy, why did you pick the Hawk family uh, to come help out? Is his wife just the greatest interior designer of all time? Is that how this goes? That's what I've been told. So, um, <laughs> oh, we got to prove it here. I'll, I'll let you know in a couple months when the house is complete. Congratulations on a new house out there in Kansas. Uh, there's a lot of people from Kansas tweeting that you are coming on the show today. You don't normally do interviews. I don't think I see a lot of Jordy Nelson, which I don't love, by the way. I don't. I wish I saw more of you. I the question I want to ask you before AJ Hawk probably has some questions over there, and the boys. I think the boys are loaded with questions for Jordy Nelson. Um, that story about his nephew being named after you is 100% true, by the way. Yeah. So yep. The whole Schmidt family has some questions. I want to know what it was like for you when you show up at new teams in new locker rooms and the first workout when it's conditioning and running, and we've all been in professional locker rooms, when a white dude has jets, it is not a normal thing. But Jordy, you were this guy who you're on a field burning past folks deceptive speed means white dude who can run fast what, what were the conversations what were the conversations like whenever you got to a new team maybe it was the raiders or maybe it was a new person at the packers was there always an element of surprise and have you always just been an incredibly fast dude like even in high school um it i didn't have any conversations about that i uh, did our db coach joe witt in green bay would give a little heads up to the new dbs coming in um like Yes, he's white, as you're saying, obviously, <laughs> and uh, but he can run. So he, they'd give him a little scattering report before we'd go hit OTAs or mini camp or training camp. So that was a conversation with them. Um, I tried to stay out of it, and as long as people thought I was slow, it worked into my benefit come game day, and uh, so it worked out well. That DB coach being like, hey, listen. Do not get got here, okay? <laughs> this is not a normal Caucasian here, okay? You need to backpedal and flip those hips quickly. Do not get got by this. He has gotten a lot, by the way. Do not get That is a hilarious thought. Pat, hey, last night, so Jordy lives here. He's a legit farmer. His brother is a farmer slash cowboy. What? So last night about 8.30, he said, hey, you want to go over? We're going to do some roping. When he says we, not me, his brother and everybody. So last night until about midnight, I was at his brother's property in the arena he built, letting little calves go out through the the chute, I guess, and they're chasing them down. And one of them's roping the horns, one of them's roping the the heels, and then Jordy gets out there after he's roping and trying to basically break a wild horse. I watched him do. <laughs> Jordy gets out there, and as they call it, he's bulldogging calves, grabbing them behind the horn. Show him your little your little cut. He's got a little cut on his arm already. If you can oh, see. Oh, you got bulldog by cow there. Yeah, so Jordy's been bulldogging calves all, all night and got home about 12.30 and still able to come do this. It was pretty impressive. So you're like in you're in the farm world right now as we speak. Was that always going to be like, hey, whatever happens with this football thing, at the end of the day, we're going to come back home or we're going to farm? Are you from a family of farmers? Is that how it's been? Yeah, I grew up on a family farm. My grandpa started it, started it years ago. Um, then my dad stayed on the farm after he got done with high school. And then so I grew up on the farm doing chores and working. Uh, through the summer and it was the plan at the end of football whenever it was or even if I wouldn't have made it um, it was to probably do farming or help farm um, and do some coaching or whatnot so I think it's a great way to raise kids um, I need to get my kids on the farm because they're spoiled and I uh, <laughs> need to learn how to work 
And <laughs> when we go outside to do stuff and they complain it's hot and it's only 80 degrees and I warn them it's going to get 20 degrees warmer, um, I give them a little warning there. So, no, it's just I like being out in the rural country, um, rural Kansas, uh, working with my brother on the farm, helping him out uh, with his family. He's got four girls far, uh, that are all about the same age as our kids so um it's a good time it's a movie there there there's some sort of strength that comes from the farm yeah, by the way that yeah. i will never have because i grew up in a uh in a non-farm world i wish <laughs> i may, by the way maybe grow up on a farm run a four two if you need to probably right? that's probably what happens you you start tackling calves run four two that caucasian's a little bit different this guy's been running with the wild animals his entire life you got a question ty yeah i just uh I mean, it was tough when you when the Packers let you go. How how hard was it adjusting when you went to the Raiders uh, after you had the you know your storybook franchise uh, career with the Packers? It was different for sure, especially for myself, who's not um, very outgoing, very kind of a shy guy until I'm around someone for a while. So um, it was it was different being out there. We enjoyed our year in California and. Um, especially not thinking coming from Kansas, not thinking I would enjoy living a California life, but um, where we were able to live um, and be, it was, it was fun. We enjoyed our year out there. Some of the people we met on the team were great, but it was a, definitely a little bit of a transition, uh, especially for only being there a year. By the time you got kind of settled in, uh, the season was over and thought you could, you know, keep picking it up. But um, it was different. I definitely missed the guys. Tried to stay in contact with Devontae and Randall and Aaron and those guys that were still on the team. And but yeah, it was, it was definitely different than Oakland's different than Green Bay. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> the town is a little bit different than the village. But the the um, the uh, oh, do you, do you text with Aaron Rodgers still? It's a one way text. You send, he doesn't answer. <laughs> yeah. I'm currently in the middle of that right now. We're we are in a three day stare down on text messages. I just asked him how you doing, pal, and I have not gotten an answer for 72 hours at this point. I'm not sure how long I'm supposed to wait before either deleting the messaging, deleting his number, or just kind of act like it's it's a normal thing. Yeah, it's no. Just keep reset. We should just keep resending, 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 resending. Hey, bringing this back to the top of your text message chain, wondering (laughs) if you missed this. I know you're busy over there. Um, Did you sign back with the Packers and retire as a Packer? Is that, did you do that? I just said, yeah, I retired as a Packer. Yeah. I went back there, did a press conference, um, was able to just end it where I began and, um, which was great. Mark Murphy gave me a call a couple of days after I announced that I was going to retire and, uh, gave me that option to come back and do that. And so it was fun to go back and do that and just finalize everything and be done and be able to move on. Wasn't there a thought that you were going to come back to the Packers after you left? The, was there ever? And then I think there was a conversation. I don't know if you were having it. Probably not. But other people were having it. Like I guess not for them. My guess is um, it wasn't ever. There was never a conversation about going back up there. Um, you know, if they would have called, it would have been very intriguing to go back. Um, but there was never any conversation between me or my agent and them to do that. Is uh, John Gruden a cartoon character all the time or just when the camera's on? All the time. <laughs> I mean, what you see on TV or on interviews, it's, it might even be a little bit more extreme in meetings. Um, he says some pretty random stuff. He does keep it entertaining. It, it is, it's a little harder to fall asleep in those meetings, <laughs> I think, for some people than others because he's running the meeting, he's up talking, he has – some unbelievable lines that he somehow creates and um yeah so he he did he did a good job especially for the year that we had there was kind of a struggle and obviously everyone's 
uh, mindset change, not changed, but the season was different once they got rid of Khalil and then we traded Amari and, you know, it could have been a long, long year, but he kept it up beat and, you know, kept, kept everything positive and moving forward, which was greatly appreciated. $90 million is a lot of money, man. Knock on wood if you're with me. <laughs> That's what he said about Khalil Mack. After he signed a $100 million deal. Very interesting. But um, the thought, why did you end up retiring? Were you just done with it? Was it injuries? What was it at the end of the Did you think you didn't have it anymore? I think a lot of it was family. Um, I went up and visited Seattle and had a great visit there. John Snyder uh, contacted me when I got released by Green Bay, um, and I never made it out there for a visit. I went to Oakland and just signed. And so they you know, contacted me again after I was re released, so I went up there and talked to him. And my body feels great, um, and that was one reason why I wanted to retire, honestly. I didn't want to push it another year or another year and then not feel great. And then the other, my family hadn't even been in California for a year, and we were going to have to box everything up and move to Seattle. And then once, to me, once you start doing that, you know, Seattle could have been one year, and then it would have been to Tennessee for one year, then Denver for, you know, whatever. And, I mean, my oldest has just finished fourth grade, so I didn't want to start bouncing him around everywhere. It's like, let's go home, get settled down. I've had my fun. I got 10-plus years in, so let's get home, settle down. It's time to focus on the kids and let them, you know, get into sports back home. Pat, I got. I want, I, I'll ask the question you want to ask, Pat, because okay. I know. Thank you. I know how your your weird brain works. So, Jordy, let's say right now, obviously you look great. I want Jordy worked out right before this. Oh, he, can't, can't even tell. Looks, after he's been high expectations coming on this show. Yeah. Hey, me <laughs> too, been, hey, Jordy, me too, pal. Yeah. Hey, here we go. I was. Yeah, I think he. The one thing Jordy didn't do, he didn't have to sit in his office naked for 30 minutes to cool down before <laughs> he came in the closet for this interview. So There's a couple other things I think we might uh, have some differences as well, but that is one noted difference from today, our days today. That is true. That is one difference, but I wanted to ask Jordy something that Pat would definitely want to know. So it looks great, feels great, whatever. What if the Packers give you – Ty Schmidt and oh. Angry Mel Kuyper both They know. need a weapon! Yeah. They did not Pat. draft a wide receiver this year in the draft. It was kind of shocking. What happens – is, what's his name? What's the GM's name, Pat? Gunther Guns. Hey, break the news here, Jordy. This is big for a Friday. Friday news dump. You just want to say it. I mean, we can definitely. Are you going back to the Packers if they give you a call? You still got it? You're out there tackling bulls right now. Come I mean, on. What are we doing, Jordy? We coming Come back on. in the game? Let's go, Let's Jordy. Let's go. Jordy. 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 Jordy feels good. Family loves Green Bay. You know Aaron very well. He trusts you. They need a weapon. Jordy Nelson's coming back to the Packers. Is that what's happening? Yeah. You don't have a house anyways? Yeah, I think Chris Sims is going to report that. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That was going to be our moment. That was going to be our Chris Sims moment. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. I was so pumped there, Jordy. I felt like we could have bullied you into coming out of retirement. I like I think we all thought we could have potentially peer pressured you into coming out of retirement there while you're sitting in the closet of your house in Kansas there, your sister's house. Yeah. It definitely is warm in here though. <laughs> you still throw a ball around? Yeah, with the kids? You said you're gonna get into coaching. Is that something you will do? Is sticking to get Oh, here's a question I did have actually. I'm sorry, pivot. Don't care if you're playing catch with the kids. I assume you are you're a good guy. Okay. <laughs> Let's, <laughs> Let's <laughs> the offenses, okay? The offenses that you're in. Aaron, Mike McCarthy, then you go and be a part of the Gruden's offense. 
Was it hard to pick up Gruden's offense? Because they say that thing's insane. There's another thing from Chris Sims. They talk about how that offense is insane to recap, like the amount of words and everything like that. Was it similar to what you had in Green Bay, or is there very obvious differences in the verbiage and everything like that between the two? It was very similar. The Some of the verbiage was different, so that was the, one of the hard parts of trying to delete everything that we had in Green Bay instead of saying, just so you could skip a step. To begin with, it was like, you know, if they called dragon, but it was actually, whatever, lizard, you know, instead of going, okay, lizard, dragon, slap means I have this. You know, you had to delete that step. But I think one thing with Gruden, he adds so much week to week in a game plan that um, is completely different than, like, the normal set of offense. So he has his normal install that you would do during minicamp or whatnot. But then every week there's a whole nother downloaded system pretty much of, we're going to run this versus the Broncos. And then next week against the Chiefs, we're going to run all of these. So there's week to week, there's a lot of information that comes in. And I was able to handle it fine. It's, it is difficult on some younger guys that um, just can't, I guess, comprehend as much or are overwhelmed by so much more that to, to be able to grasp it all. But sometimes there is a little bit of system overload. Uh, Derek Carr gets a lot of heat. Gets a lot of heat. Does he, is it warranted or not? No, it's not. Um, guy's extremely smart, very talented, works extremely hard, um, can make the throws, does it all. I think he's been in a tough situation, I think similar to what Alex Smith dealt with with the 49ers, um, of just constantly rotating through uh, coaches and offensive coordinators, and which is, then means a whole new scheme. And, yeah, he's smart enough to pick it all up and be able to run it, but it's getting all the offensive linemen on the same page, getting all the running backs, the receivers, the tight ends, and then – I mean, I not to know too much about the Raiders, but I mean, it hardly seems like they keep a lot of guys for long term. Yeah, it feels like. I mean, that. they're they're very short, so he's constantly dealing with new receivers. I mean, I went in when I went there. I think there's one. Well, they ended up getting rid of Amari, so there's only one other receiver that he had like played a game with, and then he had me and a couple other guys, and then the following year, all of us were gone, and he had a whole new group. So, I mean, then you compare that to Aaron in Green Bay, where he was in the same offense for ten plus years the same receivers that were there for like six, eight years at a time that slowly developed and figured out the system and got that chemistry going. So it makes a difference when you're not able to keep that chemistry from year one to year eight to 10. And every two years, you're constantly swapping guys in and out to get any sort of rhythm. Aaron said all the right things in his press conference. Do you think they're trying to run them out of town? Um, <laughs> Say I mean, it, it seems like they're Say being prepared for it. What's that? I feel like they're being prepared for it. I guess that is a smart move for the general manager to think about the future. You're that you're a game away from the Super Bowl. That's not normal. Like it's not normal to get to the NFC Championship. That's not something that happens all the time. Yeah, I think just the way it all played out. I mean, like you said, they're one uh, one game away from the Super Bowl, um, trading up to get the quarterback. Um, I think a lot of people compared it to Aaron's situation, but to me, it's completely different. Aaron was debated to be the number one overall pick. To me, Jordan Love was not. So, and I said this in another somewhere else that it's like I mean we'll find out if it's a good pick in four or five years I mean for if, if he pans out I mean if they have another transition like they did with Brett to Aaron and it's Aaron to Jordan then I mean hats off to him but I you know it's everyone's going to question it until because they questioned Aaron's move too until it panned out AJ Hawk's entire family's there how's that going <laughs> it's great the kids are having a blast um the noise level has increased not just his kids my kids as well okay luckily we've had some good weather so we shove them outside Smart. find a trampoline Smart. ride some bikes and scooters so um it's been good 
Hey, K State, who'd they beat last? Oklahoma? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, you, are you the most notable Kansas State human of all time? I think you probably are, right? No. Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles. Sproles is from Kansas State? When mm-hmm. Sproles and L, I believe it's L. Roberson was the uh, quarterback running back combo in NCAA, that was the team to play with. Dangerous. Damn. I didn't know that. And then they had that coach that was there for like 95 years. What was his name? <laughs> coach Snyder. Bill Snyder. Good guy, right? Yeah, everybody says yeah. he's a good guy. He's, he recruited you, yeah. I assume. Yes, he was there. He's, yes. That's, he was the head coach when I first went there. Were you recruited by anybody else, or were you just this farm kid from Kansas that nobody else could really find? Uh, uh, the only scholarships I had were two to two Division two schools here in Kansas, and I walked on at K State. Wow! Come on, retired majority. Look at this guy, AJ. Are you <laughs> kidding me? All right, Jordy. So you're not going to play for the Packers again? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Let's go! Let's go! Oh, I gotta cut the show. We gotta cut that. We gotta. Uh, we gotta Clip send it. that out somewhere. Clip it. We gotta cut that. Clip it. Jesus, is Gunther Kunz gonna sign him? We don't know. We honestly don't know. It's gonna be a tough negotiation. But Jordy said he's ready in the closet that he's in his sister's house. Good things. <laughs> Jordy, we talk a lot on the show about how we're Rust Belt kind of guys. We're yeah. from the Rust Belt area. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, do you think AJ or us we could survive on a farm, or is that just a different kind of guy? Oh. Um, I think you guys could. AJ, he came back a few summers ago, about five years ago, to help with our uh, benefit, playing the golf tournament and whatnot. So we had him out there farming, put some mud boots on him. He was in the pen, slopping through some cow crap and sorting some cattle and whatnot. AJ had some shit kickers on out there in Kansas. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Like, I wish I was. Hold on, AJ. You guys froze there. We missed you there. It's just not my thing. Hey, AJ, we didn't know you were a cowboy, too. You're a Rust Belt kind of guy. Didn't know you are getting in the fucking mud out there with the cows and the pigs. Wow. I mean, I'm just kind of staying there. The good thing is I'm really good at opening gates. And when these guys are on horses they need a gate opened, I'm pretty good at that. Are you like a very skilled horse rider, equestrian? Me? Yeah. No. What? Seems like hey, he, he says that because it's like there's levels of everything, I think, because his brother's a legit cowboy. Jordy had a horse last night that the guy, the old horse JD, wasn't really listening and kept sidestepping him. So what do you have? To, is it punishing him? What do you got to do? You got tired oh, him out. Oh, oh. He tired him out. Jordy rode this dude around the arena like ten laps at a time. The thing is going full clip as fast as he possibly can at an angle sideways. And Jordy's, I was scared for Jordy watching wow, this happen. And it happened every single time he stepped up to the the plate to to go run down a calf. It was pretty cool. So what do you got to do? You got to punish the horse like like in football, like run sprints. Like, listen, you want to be an ass? Go ahead and we're going to hit the circles, pal. Go ahead and get that energy out of you. Is that (laughs) that is like every is that an everyday thing in the life of Jordy Nelson at this point? No, not an everyday thing, but um, it's just something that my brother does a lot of it. He'll do some what they call ranch rodeos and stuff in Kansas. And so um, since we've been back, uh, and I go out and help him. He uses horses quite a bit on the farm, moving cattle, um, sorting cattle. So I just try to get more and more comfortable on them, learning to rope. Um, that way, if we need to go one, get one that got out or one that we can't catch, we can go rope it and then load it up on the trailer. So just trying to be more handy. You ever ride a bull? No. Oh. You never did that? <laughs> no. <laughs> thought that's what cowboys did i see the wrangler sponsored all the time you get the cowboys just hop on the board and then they kick the shit out of them. yeah those guys are uh, it's kind of crazy if you ask me so you've never been on bull no huh. is there any bulls in the area to get on 
Um, no, not like those. I think I want to ride a bull at some point. I don't, I don't know about the horse thing and the calf thing, but I think I do want to strap myself on top of a bull and see how it goes. The horse thing would be a lot easier than bull riding. But aren't the horses like they're legitimately? We had a girl in our school uh-huh. who my cousin. I'm more scared of horses, I think, than bulls. <laughs> to be honest, I, I think I'm, we had a girl in our school ride on a horse. Somebody drove by, hit a horn. Horse says, "Yeah, whatever it does." She ends up getting paralyzed. It was uh-huh. like whenever we were children. So my first story about a horse, somebody hopping on the back of a horse from where we're from, not normal. Somebody got paralyzed. I'm like, well, never hopping on the back of that son of a bitch. I'll tell you that. Never going to do that. But the bull, I feel like, is completely okay. What does a bull do when they open the gate when you're on their back? Well, if you don't kick them too hard, they kind of just walk around. (laughs) That is false. (laughs) I don't know what rodeo you've been watching on TV, but. You ever see one of the miniature bulls, Jordy? Like the little miniature bucking bulls? You ever see those things? No. I might be more of a cowboy than Jordy at this point. <laughs> <laughs> what type of farm do you have? Is it like bean, corn? Yeah, we got wheat, uh, soybeans, corn, silage, alfalfa, uh, a little bit of everything. And then my brother runs about a thousand head of cattle or more. Now, I've heard from my farm sources that we're potentially in a, a boom where we have too much, too much product. There's too many farms, too much meat. Too much this, which means in a couple of years, we're probably going to see a, a, where people fall out because businesses fall out. In a couple of years, we're going to be short on stuff. Am I right in thinking that? I honestly don't know. Um, I, I think there's smart. plenty of people to eat stuff. <laughs> I think we just need to keep eating food from America. Hey, Jordy, 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 Jordy. Hey, let's keep eating food from America, AJ. AJ. I know you've been eating food from other places. Let's keep our food domestic, pal. You hear me? Yeah, he was he was speaking to me. That's what he was doing. He was taking a shot at me. Yeah. Well, you get that Kobe beef from uh, from over Japan. in Japan. Wagyu. Nice job, AJ. Wagyu. That's all Rust you've been eating over there, AJ. Yeah, it's me. It, hey, who makes your PMI merchandise? Is that made in America? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. Obviously. Check the tag, AJ. Check the tag. It's, we also... To be honest, it's printed. It's printed in America. Where's that shirt made? No, no, somebody showed it in in New York, I think, or Ohio. But the problem is, we're having a bit of a delay. Oklahoma. On Oklahoma, it says. Oh, there it is. How about that? Oklahoma. But the issue that we're actually having with the store is because we are an American operation. You know, quarantine came. Choked out all the jobs, so we have a little bit of a delay in the delivery and the creation. So we might have to push our Memorial Day sale back, which you are not happy about because we're such an American made operation. All right. Well, I get. Yeah. Then I, I should stop eating international, right? Just all domestic. About now time. I have a question, Jordy. No Does Taco Bell count, or like, am I allowed to eat Taco Bell, Jordy? Is that some? Is that okay? Or I don't know. I think I've had Taco Bell once in my life. Oh, so you eat like super healthy? I would assume that's why you're the fastest white dude around because you eat super healthy. You do the whole nutrition thing. Is that accurate? Uh, no. Really? I just. Eat, I mean, I don't. I don't eat bad, but I don't like necessarily have a certain diet that I follow. I think just growing up, we always ate steak and potatoes on the farm. Oh. Hey, protein and carbs. Let's go. Let's get steak it. Potatoes kind of guy. Yeah, you're damn always right. Always was steak and potatoes guy. It's hey, one trail guy right yeah, here. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This is the guy you want on your squad. That's right? why we loved him. The nearest Taco Bell is probably what, like eight states away? Probably. <laughs> oh, at least wow. go over to. Oh, I don't even. I'm know. not it's familiar with the north. I'm not no familiar idea. with. The, I know there's Topeka's a Manhattan. probably in Topeka, if I guess. <laughs> It'd be Manhattan. It'd be 20 minutes. All your 20 minutes from Manhattan, Kansas? 
Yes. Left, up, right. We are slightly northwest, pretty much straight north of Manhattan. Upper left. All right, got it. <laughs> Jordy, uh, AJ's a guy that's given us a lot of motivational speeches on yeah, this yeah. show. Was yeah. he just the greatest teammate of all time or what? Yeah, especially in the locker room. Yeah. Is that his thing? Was he the guy that spoke to the team before the games and stuff? Yes, AJ would uh, ask Coach McCarthy to speak before majority of the game uh, in the locker room, <laughs> bring everyone so. up. Yeah. Uh, probably, pretty much just flip everyone off and say, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> were you a vocal guy out there? Did you chirp or you were very quiet? Very quiet, very quiet. Actions speak louder than words. Oh, man. Did any corners try to chirp you a little bit? Oh, no. Uh-oh. Uh, back. There he is. You're back. Oh, hey, good. did any corners ever try to uh, – like what corner was the most – I wouldn't say chirpy, but was there any corners that were trying to get you a little bit? No, not really. Um, I never had one corner that really tried to talk trash or get in my head or mess with me at all. Um, don't know why, but uh, I always assumed it was because it wasn't very enjoyable to have a one-way conversation because I wouldn't say anything back, so they'd just be <laughs> talking to themselves. So it's, I assume it's more enjoyable when someone reacts and talks back a little bit. What was the uh, what was a corner that you were surprised that gave you problems? A lot of the ones that gave me problems were the longer ones, taller and longer arms, um, like Richard Sherman or uh, I think it's Jimmy Smith. I think mm -hmm. they played for the Ravens a little bit. So those guys um, were a little bit more of an issue than obviously the small, the shorter, quicker ones weren't a big deal, but the taller, longer, stronger ones gave me a little problem. Was that when you and Aaron created that back shoulder? Uh. That back shoulder throw, which everybody does now, I feel like you guys didn't create it, but I think you guys took advantage of it the most there. It really started rolling out whenever they were hitting. I mean, it was awesome. It changed the game completely. Was that something that you guys knew you were going to do or doing in practice? What was the concept, the idea there? That's probably the biggest misunderstanding is that people think that's like an actual play, like 200 jet back shoulder. No such thing. Um <laughs> It kind of just evolved. So when we, after we won the Super Bowl, we had a good run through the playoffs, and then the following year we went 15-1. and one. We were extremely explosive on offense. We were hitting a bunch of deep balls, winning over top, winning on the go ball. So then the adjustment for the DB is to play on the top shoulder. Like they'll give us, they would give us everything underneath, but they wouldn't get beat deep. So then the adjustment was to still run to win, try to win over top, and then Aaron would just read it. If the DB was on top, he would throw it at his helmet, and then by the time the ball got there, it'd be to our back shoulder. So for us, it was just timing-wise, knowing if it was a three-step or a five-step or seven-step of when we need to have our head around to see where the ball was coming from. But every time you'd go, you'd run to win and then just react to the ball. That changed the game there. Those things were beautiful, too. Not every quarterback can do it. No, it's, it's a lot of thinking within it because, like I said, it's, as he's doing his drop, he's got to read the DB and where he's at and then be able to put the ball in a spot and throw it you know, with good enough touch that you can still have time to react to. Because it can be thrown too fast where by the time you turn around, the ball's behind your head and everyone obviously blames the receiver for that. But um, Bingo. So there's, there's definitely timing with it, like I said, both on the quarterback and receiver to know like the play clock in your head and everything of when the ball's going to be out. Favorite route's the go ball, huh? I think my favorite route that we ran and connected on was our uh, corner post that we ran mm -hmm. with big boot, full protection, nod to the corner, and then hit the post. And uh, we connected probably five to ten times for touchdowns on those. How many against the Lions, you think? Oh, come on. <laughs>
Probably a handful. Oh, <laughs> Some called for. <laughs> Biggest Lions fan on earth is in this room right here. Nobody understands what he's doing. Yeah, but you're a nightmare, Jordy. Hey, Pat. I got one question before Jordy has to man the seven to twelve kids out there while we finish the show up. Uh, a follow up we didn't get to get to. I always wanted. And I've asked you this. I think on the show, Jordy. Why do people? What is I guess mainstream media try to say that Derek Carr is not a Gruden guy yeah. they're like they don't have a good match what do you think that is I don't know my guess is for as animated and I mean you see Gruden on the sideline where I assume if it was mic'd up there'd be a lot of beeping going on and you wouldn't really understand what he's saying and Derek's more of a calmer um, obviously Christian dude that is not going to cuss anyone out or do anything like that so I think they're two demeanors and personalities might clash but they honestly get along great i mean it's a good balance um there's a couple times when i was there they got a little fiery at each other but you know that happens with everyone uh, especially when you're coming right off the field after you know if he made a check or did something and it didn't work or didn't make a check or whatever you know everyone overreacts within the first two seconds of the play and you know by the time they watched film on monday everyone was back to square one but the one thing i think that works great with those two like i said earlier derek is extremely smart and puts in so much time and work that he can handle everything gruden's throwing at him so that's one thing i think coach gruden had to adjust to like if he would see something on film he'd tell derek hey like if we get this look let's go to this well derek would remember that come game time he'd get that look he'd go to it what are you doing Obviously, man if it if it worked, it was great. And if it didn't work, Gruden would flip out and be like, what'd you do that for? He's like, well, you told me on Wednesday that if they went to the book to do this, so we did it. That's beautiful. Hey, Jordy, I hope to be on your farm someday, pal. <laughs> you guys are welcome to come out to Kansas whenever. Well, we're going to wait till your house is finished. We want to see the mansion, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Perfect. <laughs> That'll work. We'll it's drive. a great place for quarantine out here in the middle of nowhere where not very many people are around, so. I was about to ask, you got 12 kids out there. There probably isn't a coronavirus uh, victim where? Within 7,000 miles of where you're at right now, I'd assume? Uh, there's some in Manhattan, but uh, we've had, I think they said the other day, there were 60 cases in our county, and they're pretty much all in Manhattan. So there hasn't been any out where we live. Well, stay safe because, you know, week eight, week nine, you know, the Packers need a weapon. A little playoff push. Playoff push. The farm boys out there tackling calves and racing horses still. Let's get them back into green and yellow. Sounds like a plan. Favorite <laughs> musician? Garth Brooks. Oh, okay. What about uh, Chris, Chris Gaines? Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines. You ever heard of Chris Gaines? No, am I oh, supposed to? Oh, we just ruined Garth Brooks for you. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Jordy, Nel Jordy Nelson. Yeah, Jordy! Yeah, Tell him to look up Chris Gaines, AJ. Tell him to look up Chris Gaines immediately after exiting that closet right there. Here, Jordy's got to find a way out of here. Oh, oh it's frozen anyways. Hit the router. There you go. Hey, you're Thanks, a good Jordan. guy, Jordy. Hey, he's a good dude. Great guy. He's going he's gonna to Google Chris Gaines right now, and it's going to be tough for him. It's going to break his heart. <laughs> it really is. I feel bad that we did that because we had such a good conversation with him. Yeah. And on the way out, we just ruined every Santa Claus. Basically. He might break that door down coming back in. <laughs> did you see him? Hey, Pat, I don't know if you saw When you mentioned Chris Gaines, Jordy, that he dropped the mic a little bit. And he kind of looked at me like really worried. Like, like he wasn't really sure. And I'm like, well, you're going to be even more upset and distraught <laughs> than Chris Gaines was. Hey, he's a good guy. He didn't tell me cool glasses, but he's a, uh, he's a really – I liked him a lot. 
Oh yeah, he's he's awesome, man. Of course, but I'm telling you, last night it was an eye opener to see them roping these. It's just a different world, man. It's, I have so much respect for horses and animals and all that, and I just I don't know how they do it. I really don't. It's amazing. I have a friend. One of my roommates in college is currently on a farm in West Virginia, and he's got I don't know how many cattle head of cattle he does the corn he's got chicken houses i mean the whole thing you know i watch his instagram stories i'm like so much tougher than i am just so much tougher than 6 a.m those cows need some water or something he's out there Jeez. yeah i mean it's just the farm life is not one that i think i could keep up with and that makes sense by the way that jordy is a farmer i mean that just that makes 100 percent. i did not know that and i feel dumb for not but what a football player that dude was yeah, he's a stud. I got a picture somewhere I'll send you when I find it. Of when I came here like five years ago, I was on a horse, and Jordy was leading me around because I wasn't even good enough to lead the horse myself. So Jordy had it on a little rope in front of me, and he was leading me around the house. At the house? Outside the house. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was going to say, what type of farm we got here? We got a farm going on. They got a couple. Like I, I bottle-fed uh, a little little cow last night that guy's getting bottle-fed because I guess his mother disowned it or whatever however that oh, works oh, yeah. rejected oh, it sometimes yeah. they reject it you get outside the, you know you get outside the herd you can't always get back that's why we're worried about the baby raccoon getting back in with bandit oh, yeah, cow life yeah. is ruth friday aj and jordy i think jordy <laughs> can still play huh you saw him with those horses last night jordy could still play if he had to oh he could definitely still play yeah but that lifestyle the nfl lifestyle is one that's very it's one that i had to think about like do i want to go back and kick balls and it's not just can i kick balls well it's like okay do i want to get into the lifestyle of 17 weeks being groundhog's day just every day being groundhog's day and uh you know just your happiness depends on whether or not everybody else does their job right it's like i don't know if i want to do that i don't know if that's what i want to get into you know well and, and jordy's one of the few professional athletes too to where like his whole identity was never wrapped up in football like it, it's what he did it wasn't who he was like he always loved cool. it he's gonna work harder than anybody and do everything right but like he wasn't it, you could tell it was never like oh man like oh i need the attention i need people to look at me i need to be scoring touchdowns no he's fine doing whatever he's secured himself so it's cool to see actually a guy that good that doesn't like have to have that attention um somebody sent me a tweet of jordy nelson just hitting a softball maybe seven miles <laughs> so is, is he just a great he's i bet you he's good at everything huh basketball i'd assume he's really good at basketball i'd assume he's just an incredible athlete all around He's a lefty. He told me actually before we came on. Unfortunately, we don't have enough room here. He's like, if Pat needs me to show him how to really swing left-handed, I open can show that closet him. door. <laughs> Get his ass back in here. I would like Jordy, to see. Is he watching? <laughs> Jordy, you watch. Jordy. 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 Hey, Jordy. 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 Hey, Jordy. Jordy. Hey, I don't know. Oh, shucks. I got to get back home. You really are in a closet, huh? That house has to be so big, by the way. Was there 12 kids in there? That, that's a farmhouse out in Kansas? That thing has to be enormous. <sighs> this, isn't his, this isn't his new house. We went and walked through his new house that's being built. It won't be ready for probably, I don't know, three, four months, five months. So what will your wife do now? She'll get the blueprint, and then she'll do what uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines do, kind of map it out, get a 3D layout, and then do the whole thing? No, she already did all that. I mean, there's stone up on the outside. They haven't put the drywall up yet. She's already done that from before they broke ground. She's worked with the architects and all that. Now she'll, they're picking out rooms and walls. and you know, they gotta, There's a million things to do for a house. I have no idea how they do it. You should check the walls for raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I told he, where his new house is is on a ton of hundreds of acres, and it's really cool sitting up. You can look over. To, I was like, man, it would be nice. Like, do you ever just sit hundreds, up here and shoot predators? Hundreds like of acres. Stuff at night? Does he have a lake? He doesn't even have a pond. He got a fucking lake out there. There's a pond. Uh oh. Jordy. That's Kansas. Jordy. Uh, he must have had to go outside to find the neighbor's trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> hundreds of acres. Oh. Uh oh. Here he is. Thank you, Jordy. <laughs> Oh, look. Jordy! <laughs> Jordy! See? My chair is messing it up. No, you're good. We can see it. Jordy! Your back elbow's too high. My back oh. elbow's too high? Yeah. Okay. Okay, here we go. Can you see him? Oh, wow, yeah. great stance. <laughs> I saw a video of you taking a softball maybe a quarter mile. Yeah, I love playing slow pitch softball. That's what we do in the summertime. Well, you just played on one of the uh, thousand acres you have out there in Kansas. That and the different tournaments around in small town Kansas. He took over the uh, charity softball game in Green Bay and Appleton, Wisconsin, that Brett Favre had and Donald Driver, and then Jordy was the host. Oh, so you're like a beer league softball guy? Like we we get into yeah. softball real competitive, yeah? Yeah. Now there's guys that can throw like knucklers and stuff, isn't there? That we had a beer league softball team that was at the local bar that we would always uh -huh. run into. Big dogs, big dogs, house of big dogs, and they had this one <laughs> pitcher that would sit at the end of the bar. Everybody would send him drinks because he was so good at the beer league softball. He said he could make it like knuckle and move and stuff like that. Is that accurate? Yeah, there's pitchers that can throw knuckle balls, like I mean, slow pitch style. Are you ASA or U trip? Uh, I think we usually played U trip. Oh wow! Oh, this is like deep. <laughs> what position in the field are you? Are you pitcher? What do you do? No, uh, left field or left center. They, in Utrecht, they can pump fake. Yes, it's very, it's very, very insane. So, is there yeah. a height? You can't go too it's, high, right? It has no, to they they have a, a smaller arc in Utrecht, oh. so it's coming in like super fast. Like oh, so they're just throwing you BP with a big fat ball in there. Yeah, there's like a minimum height and maximum height. That the the ball has to arc when it pitches in. Yeah. Competitive. This is competitive softball. Yeah. Yeah. AJ saw my uh, championship T-shirt I was wearing. Oh, oh got the T-shirt. When uh, when's our next game? <laughs> um, I might be putting one on in Manhattan, a celebrity one next year. Ooh. What's your favorite gap to hit it into? Yeah. What are, you, what are, you, are you a dragger? No. Pull oh. it right center field. Yep. Dead red. Sitting dead red or what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hit it and run. Uh, is there a limit on how many home runs you're allowed to hit? It varies on where you play. Some of them, like you can play in some leagues that there's no home runs. Um, some will be like five home runs and then they become doubles. Some are five home runs and they become outs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that a metal bat or a wooden bat? Metal. Oh, I only use wooden bat. Sorry, George. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do want to put on a wood bat softball tournament, though. I think that'd be fun. That hurts. Wouldn't that make it much, much worse? <laughs> It'd make it harder. You'd actually have to know how to play uh, softball. Now the bats and balls are so juiced up that anyone can hit them out. I struck out one celebrity softball game. No big deal. It was my last at-bat in a softball game. Ooh. <laughs> that's rough. It was. I had to walk it off, go into the dugout, and then I got kicked out of the game the next inning by fighting the ump. It was a celebrity. It was a charity game. I got kicked out. It was headline. It was the front page of the newspaper the next day. It was me in the face of the umpire, and I got kicked out in the middle of the charity game. It was actually a smart move. I would recommend it to everybody that's forced to play in a charity celebrity game. You get out there before the autographs.
<laughs> Allegedly, right? Allegedly. Sorry, I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't do it on purpose. Thank you, Jordy. Thank you, man. I think yep, I'm a lefty, by the way. I think I'm a lefty. I think. It looks natural. You got to get your hands up, but not your elbow so high. How the fuck? You can come down. I'm, I'm teaching my boys. They're, they're in you know baseball and t-ball this summer. So. <laughs> Is this I mean, it, Jordy? Not, not straight legged. <laughs> You'll watch watch Ken Griffey Jr. That's the that's the That's swing who I do! That's what my swing is, Jordy! <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to swing for Let's see the swing. Boom. No. That that's Griffey? Take a full cut. We need to see it. I can't. I broke the TV last time. Don't matter, you have tons of money. Just do it. Alright. <laughs> oh. Here you go. Hey, you better like try to find an animal to hit with that bat. <laughs> Somebody pitched me the ball. Here you go. Here. Softball, softball, softball. Here. Oh! oh it's gone! You see that? Are you kidding me, Jordy? Uno boss. But if you want to swing like Griffey, though, it's about the follow through. Here you go. Pitch coming in. Oh! oh. Gone! Gone! Oh. Walk off. See ya. <laughs> you gotta have a bat flip though. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Had to do it. All right, can't wait to beat your game, Jordy. Appreciate you, buddy. Yep. Take care. Will you have a home run rule, or will I be able to just hit ten of them? No, there in celebrity games, there's no home run rules. Okay, so I can just hit ten home runs if I need to. Yeah, the fans come to watch home runs. Okay, I mean that's what I'm there for. Are we doing a home Hell run derby yeah. beforehand, maybe? Uh, possibly. Ooh. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I'm gonna take all the steroids before this thing too. Are you testing or no? <laughs> no, it's it's open. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get on to that same stuff that some of your horses are on, from what I've heard. I'm gonna, there you go. I'm gonna get going yeah. and really out there start thinging it. <laughs> Elbow up. Ladies and gentlemen, Joy what a show, dude. Oh, this might up? be the dumbest show of all time. <laughs> I texted you at one point. I was like, where are you? And you were like an hour and a half away from home. And I was like, damn, you really did just power straight through from Kansas all the way back to Columbus. And we're thankful for that, obviously, for this Memorial Day edition. But I'm thankful you went out to Kansas and stayed at Jordy Nelson's sister's house because we're getting asked all, all over the place now if they can use the interview on there calling cowherd asked to use the jordy nelson clips other people have been asking there's been blogs written there's been a lot of talk about is jordy nelson coming back into the nfl for the green bay packers he said no to us right i mean he gave us a yes as a joke after the conversation though did you press him at all at his house did you tell him hey hey before the kids get back in here and before your wife uh, hears about this maybe get back in there did you do any of that did you do any prodding of jordy nelson hey pal give me a fucking answer <laughs> i did not see jordy's the guy that uh i think it's a guarantee like how he is how his mindset is like, jordy doesn't need football he doesn't care like even i saw my parents yesterday and they know they know jordy decently well i mean they've been around him it's been some time but they're like so is he like I'm like, no, he's like a, a farmer. It's what he does. His brother is a farmer, runs a thousand head of cattle. Like, Jordy will be over there pretty much every day, most likely. He's going to do that. His kids are involved. And she's like, oh, well, like, what? Is he going to get into, like, broadcasting or coaching? And I was like, no, it's what he does. That's his life. Like, that's where he's from. So, I don't think there's a uh, – Jordy, if he wanted to, he could strap the pads on right now and still score 
12 touchdowns if the right quarterback is throwing to him, mm-hmm. but I just don't see it happening. 12 tutters? Uh, that's how good he looked in person because I, I see him on the farm running down a, a loose calf or whatever because he didn't have time to hop on his horse and do the whole thing. <laughs> he's just running it down. He's skipping cow patties too, and he stacks the cow, right? He gets in front of the cow and then slows the cow down. He's like, you know what? Maybe we give one more go over there in Green Bay. Maybe I go suit it up one more time with old Aaron Rodgers. Maybe we get back into the game because they're looking for a weapon. That'd be awesome, but it's a shame you said you saw nothing that would lead you to think that. No, but the thing that maybe maybe we could plant it, you guys planted the seed in Jordy's head. He said, hey, you never know, man. Week eight, week nine, Green Bay wants to make a run. Like So I guess all that Jordy needs to do just – Let's just keep that alive. Let's just keep that rumor out there that Jordy mm-hmm. is going to be ready to make the final push if the Packers want him back. And all Jordy, I guess, needs to do, he's not active really on social media, It just say every 10 days, just post a video of him doing some box jumps or some bicep curls or something. Everyone's like, oh, he's still in shape. He looks good. And you don't have to get ready if you stay ready. And that's what farmer Jordy Nelson does. He's staying ready. We never know what could happen. But, boy, I would love for that. That would be great for this show. That would be great. <laughs> that would be great for us if that happened. You think? Oh, especially what if, if you goes, like it'll. What if then after, after like let's say Jordy comes back week nine, they make a run, they win the Super Bowl. Jordy's on the field after the game. We're probably down there with press passes because you know we're gonna have our our yacht party thing going on. Oh for yeah, the week. I forgot about True. that. Hey. Yeah, oh, and we're asking. Hey, 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 hey. If you're on a yacht, say yeah. Yeah. If you're on a yacht, say ho. I don't know what we were talking about. <laughs> well, it was Jordy and Aaron were in the Super Bowl, and we walked off our yacht for a few minutes to go see them before the game on the side of the field because we have press passes because it comes with the yacht. That's where you were at. <laughs> hey! hey is, is there? We, I know Mitt does the minutes. Is there anybody that transcribes this show word for word? Because I think that would be a fun read to see you, in, the interludes when you just break out in a song or some kind of chant. I've told you. I think I've told you this plan. India's getting into podcasts the country of India and uh, rather large population. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Rather large. And I don't know how many of them love the NFL or anything like that, but let's hope we can catch them. I wanted to hire an Indian guy or somebody that spoke whatever they speak over there. What is that? I will not nope. throw it. I wanted to throw it out there, but Punjabi yes, maybe. Punjabi. Follow me around for like a week or two so they could pick up my mannerisms and my inflection and such. And then every podcast would get a transcription for them and they would just read it in the native tongue oh, as if it was me. And then all of a sudden we got a podcast in India. Not- Hindi. Hindi. A person that speaks Hindi rather well. Follow me around, pick up the, you know, the potential inflection and drop. All of a sudden, we have a podcast in India, and that's where, I mean, we want to be international with this. Good news. Mm-hmm. Their other official language besides Hindi, English. Huh. Okay. Hey, Ty, why are we not releasing these podcasts to India? I think We are. I think they're available, yeah. Apple's <laughs> not available. If it's them. on iTunes, it's available. 
Well, this is an announcement to India. We would we wouldn't mind being your sports podcast. We don't talk about cricket. Now, now listen, you should probably talk to somebody who knows about the sports over there. But if you want something from America, we'd love to do that for India. Come on home, India. Anyways. What made you choose <laughs> India? Population. It's a, it's a huge a billion people. How about China? Let's go China. There's a lot of people there. Sounds good. I'm not 100% sure you're allowed to just drop audio files for people to listen to in China, though. I think they have a little bit more of a uh, tighter grip on the things that are allowed to hurt over there. Well, aren't you? Don't, I thought you were starting in North Korea and kind of working your way over. No, I'm actually not like the North Korea. I know that. That's, some, that's a place we will never have a podcast is North Korea. And not, but, by the way, proud of it. Don't proud want it. it. Huh? We don't want it. We don't want it in North Korea, do we? No. Put your foot down on that one. No, I put my foot down. I said, I don't like you, Jim Kong. I don't like you. I don't like the way you operate. But if he was to offer, no, if he was to invite me over like I was Dennis Robin at this point, it'd strictly be for me to eat a aircraft carrier missile from <laughs> me because of my rap song about him. So you, you, would, you would turn it down? What if he made it sound like, hey, don't worry, Pat, you're safe. I promise I won't kill you. No, I know. I know I'm not, though, because that song. I know it's because that song. That I made about him. It wasn't me, though. It was the... Um, Raptivists. Raptivists, which was a group that I was a part of. I made the beats and things like that. But guilty by association. Nonetheless, whenever we're on the sideline of the Super Bowl coming off of our yacht, and we are on the sideline talking to Aaron and Jordy, do you think LaFleur and Guntekunz come and thank us for making this happen? And is that something you would see Guntekunz potentially doing? I mean, yeah, he's he's a good guy, so I think it would it would be tough AJ, though because he's got to get over Ty Schmidt, angry Mel Kiper, and some of the disparaging comments that have been made towards him. <laughs> Who did that? I don't know. Have you said something about Gunter Kuntz? Not really. I heard Ty start to chirp in when I called Gunter Kuntz a, a good guy. Yeah, I mean, you can't just flip flop now. Guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> we need him out of town, jousted out of town before the end of the season. That's a great camera shot there. Where's that coming from? I zoomed in. Okay. Look at you, Ty. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Ty. Getting a shot there. Foxy with the edit on the go. Yeah, Gunther Kuhn's probably a guy that's never going to come around for us. Probably LaFleur as well. But, hey, we were looking out for the betterment of the team, as were they. We'll see who was right. We'll just see who was right, them or us. Did you get a chance to watch the match, too, yesterday? It was fantastic. Yes, I did. I was curious uh, your thoughts. I'm glad Charles Barkley was involved. I think Justin Thomas did a very good job, too. Current professional golfer. He's like, what, 24 years old, 23, super young dude. Like That's not an easy gig. I thought he did pretty well. All of our people that are in their early 20s were blacked out all weekend. So the fact that Justin Thomas, looking at you, Mitt. 27. Huh? 27. Oh, so he's not in his early 20s. He's damn near 30 at this point. But the, neither here nor there. Justin Thomas had an incredible performance. Him calling Charles Barkley a fat ass. I think there was a couple other times. Didn't love the T-dub and the BK. and Because the, the BK, the only thing is BK, by the way, is the BK lounge. you got to have coops. Okay? Well. Got to have your coops. But Brooks Kepka's BK golf in the clubhouse, I guess it's a lot of first letter of your first name, first letter of your last name. Put them together. These are our nicknames now. This is how you go by. Phil Mickelson, Peyton Manning, who's he talking to? We don't know. What if I was there? Nobody knows. But I think Peyton Manning is PFM. But I think Justin Thomas was maybe the guy who rose up the ranks of likeliness 
um, the fastest yesterday. Because if you do recall, Justin Thomas once had a spectator kicked out of a golf tournament for heckling him, which at this particular show was not received well. We buried him. We told him that it was, uh, you're a professional athlete, pal. That person's paid to be there. Just handle your business and keep it moving. Can't take the heat. Get out of the kitchen, you soft ass. But now that I know Justin Thomas a little bit better, I hope that that person that was kicked out is banned for life <laughs> from PGA events. Obviously, didn't deserve to be there. I like Justin Thomas a lot. I like Peyton, obviously, a lot. I like Tom Brady more so than I could ever fathom because he looked like a human out there. Then he obviously holds one out from 150. Tiger was great. Charles was great. Ernie Johnson's kickoff thing was, I mean, it was beautifully executed from beginning to end. And uh, I was there for the whole time. Is this going to set up other matches? I know they're talking about other like football players, baseball players want to team up with other golfers and take like have these two on two matches. Like, do you think this is something that can continue? Steph Curry said he wants in. Adam Thielen was trying to get in with Ricky. I'd assume Aaron Rodgers and Max Homa are going to get their names thrown out there. But I think the people have spoken. They want me and John Daly to take on the champions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People have spoken. AJ, Woo! what's your handicap? Don't have one. I know everybody's lying about their handicaps after fucking watching Tom yesterday. Why? <laughs> why? But why would you lie that way? I know Tom said he's an eight. Maybe he is. I mean, this could be the second round of the year. I mean, you catch yeah. me my first month playing versus the last month playing. It's a completely different golf. If you don't golf all year round, what you are at the beginning of the golf season, at the end of the golf season, are two very different golfers. And if you don't golf a lot, Tom said he's just trying to win a Super Bowl. I'm just trying to win a Super Bowl. Then he holds it out from 150. I mean, I think Tom probably is an eight or even lower than that if he was to focus on it. But Peyton's been golfing probably three, four times a week. This is all he's had to focus on for the last month and a half. He looked like a very good golfer. Peyton looked like a very good golfer. Tiger's hot. He's going to win every major this year. And Phil Mickelson was calling out his shots. It was some of the most impressive shit I've ever seen in my life. Correct me if you're wrong. If you're an eight handicap, it means you average eight over par. So you shoot around 80-ish around. I mean, people who shoot 80s can duff shots and do what Tom did. Plenty. Yeah. Terrible conditions. I'm saying it's, it's... very well that he is an eight. They they gave out a list. I forget what website it was. Somebody gave out a list of all the professional athletes' handicaps. Our guy, A.Q. Shipley, was on there with a 7.2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 7.2 handicap. I ain't not sneeze at. That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah, good. I mean, obviously, they had to be – all of them had to be nervous. They didn't really look like it. Maybe early on they did. I think Peyton we, – we talked about it before. Before the the thing happened, like, Peyton's going to gonna carry this thing. And I think he did. Like, Peyton was so – calm so relaxed like his his swing is nice and smooth like he looked like he played solid pretty consistent golf the the majority of the day i think that's what made i I like peyton's little jabs i like when he was going back and forth with the earpiece in about not wearing red and black for george didn't want a picture georgia to get a picture of him in that like i think he's good i thought peyton's great a great personality for this kind of thing peyton obviously hits a duck hook (laughs) off of the opening tee box gets a little quiet but then once he started showcasing the incredible swing that he's been working on, I'd assume here in retirement, then he started getting relaxed, started getting loose, which, by the way, Peyton then loosens up Tiger Woods, who's already playing well. Phil Mickelson's Phil Mickelson. I think there was a couple moments where Phil got upset. I think he was a little bit upset a couple different times. But listening to them talk, and Tom, 
for how bad he was playing, he, he was nothing compared to what I think a lot of people would have acted. I, I mean, there would have been a couple clubs into the fairway, I'd assume. J.J. Watt was 100% right with, like, hey, the club throw has got to be coming any second now. I would assume that would happen with a lot of people. He just bounced back, said, hey, I, this is probably my second round of golf I played all year. I loved it, man. I, and Peyton, electric stories throughout the entire thing. He carried it, filled it. I mean, it was just awesome. I, I didn't. Tigers, did you like uh, Tiger's shorts? Those calves are tiny, bro. Hey, tiny, look, there's the tweet right there. Tiger had tiny little calves. They were it's small. the first time you've seen his calves? First time I've ever seen Tiger Woods' calves. By the way, those calves have done a lot of great things athletically. So I guess I, guess I am not knocking the tiny little calves, but I did not expect him to have those tiny-ass little calves. It made me think about whenever you look at Foxy for the first yeah, time. Mm-hmm. Whenever you look at Foxy and he's got those tiny little calves, it's like, have you ever walked anywhere? Like, have you ever seen a hill? <laughs> have you ever done anything like that? And here's Foxy dunking basketballs and Tiger Woods yep. being the greatest basketball player of all time with no calves. Yeah, no chance I ever do leg day again after seeing Tiger's calves. I mean, Well, calves, golf, Pat, you know, calves are highly genetic like the 98.5 percent genetics like it's tough to to make your calves grow i did not know that i I, that's a theory that i have obviously that's not science that's a theory that (laughs) i have like the calves that like they're such a genetic thing that you can't really craft them and change them like you can other body parts the boys here are saying that foxy's dad's such a fall down drunk that his calves (laughs) are so big from trying to steady himself yeah that's right i mean it does run it does run in the family is that, a, is that an unwarranted shot yes. yeah. the boys i mean this is one, one boy that was very rude of me but that's nick's theory by the way that, that right there is nick's theory i will tell you if you want good calves for a whole year walk on your toes that's what Zito did. Zito's calves are incredible. It, it Zito or you just weighed two hundred eighty pounds. More. Oh come on! <laughs> it was like, jeez, jeez, Louise. It's Memorial Day. Glad I'm sorry, guys. Come on! Yeah! Shoes though, you know those shoes that they said would make you dunk or whatever. Oh, yeah. Strength yeah. shoes. I had them. Yeah. That's basically what. Did you really? What? Oh, I had a pair gloves. of the strength shoes. Yeah, I think I that's. I, I'm I'm waiting to tear my Achilles every day because of those things. Those things were hot in the streets there for a while. I, I never, ever tried them on because my legs were obviously gigantic from jump, but Zito did that literally for an entire year without the shoe itself, though. He just walked on his tippy toes. Oh, yeah. Paid off. Great Some people cash. naturally just walk super tall on their tippy toes at all times. Hard to take well, those people serious, though, right? Very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, man. Do it. You got to show us. Excuse me. <laughs> These people are always tough. You got bouncing their stuff. No, oh, yeah. they're wasting energy and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get to some take... massive calves out of it, though. Maybe I don't know. It's you hard. better get some. You better have something to show if you walk around every day like that. Yeah, because it's not a good life if you walk around like that. No offense to anybody that does it. It's not your fault, obviously. I mean, I'm sure you. Would you say it's it. tough to take them serious? Yes. <laughs> as soon as I see somebody walking like that towards me, I'm like, well. I'm gonna let somebody else handle the fucking talking here because I, <laughs> I should not, I should not start speaking because I'm sure what this person has to say is very important and all that stuff. But I am not gonna talk about that. I got questions. When did we start with the calves? Pro- probably from birth. No, oh, not birth. Probably no. from maybe 11, 12 months when they start walking. My calves kid. are always like, it feels like maybe three seconds away from cramping up completely. Oh yeah. They're always just rock solid. My calves always rock solid. 
it's a problem because I get on. Thank your dad. Thank thank your dad for that. It is Tim. Tim has the same thing, and Jason has the same thing too. So your theory does seem to be accurate. But I get on. I put on like uh, let's say I put on rollerblades because I'm hanging out with the Diggs family. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. My calf. What was that all about? That's, I mean, it's a normal activity that most 33 year old men just naturally do daily. Right? Well, I haven't done it. Let me tell you why. Because as soon as I put them on, my calves just, lock up. I can't is this do roller it. hockey on a tennis court, or are you just going around the neighborhood? Well, I haven't been able to do it for like 10 years because my calves just lock up as soon as that thing. And then the muscle on the front outside part of my shin oh, locks up too. It's like, it's like, oh, 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 no. That's what my entire area feels like is that it's getting rear naked chokes. So I don't get to enjoy those types of things. So, But little baby calved Foxy and Tiger Woods yep. and Emmett, they get the rollerblade all they want. Yep. I bet you could. I bet you could overcome this. You you absolutely could. I don't think I can. I've tried plenty of occasions. What's uh What's worse, the calf cramp, foot cramp, or the cramp under your chin? Hamstring cramp is the worst cramp. I mean, Wait, yes. what is under your? What happens under your chin? I had that. That question. might be because of fat, but I don't know. What, <laughs> like your like your esophagus? Cramps? Yeah, it just cramps the Charlie horse under your jaw. It's gonna go chew your food. Uh, huh. <laughs> is it lockjaw? <laughs> No, you're joking. No, Just another jaw. shot. Taken. I believe lockjaw is the jaw here. I think what you're referring to is the jejunum here. You yawn too much. And when your body yawns, it just you're, cramps up. Hey, we need to talk about your hydration. You hear me? <laughs> what do you mean? You I can't drink Gatorade be getting every day. from yawns. <laughs> I literally drink Gatorade every day. I'm good. I'm in the just game. Just getting cramps, yawning. <laughs> I, I, just, I haven't really heard of the under neck cramp, under chin cramp. Jugular. Um... The hamstring cramps the worst though. Yeah. Middle of the night. Yes. Yeah! Uh, then you got to straighten that whole hey, thing out. How about Pat? You're on an air, you're on an airplane and not a, a nice private flight like you get to do. Like you're on a commercial flight, oh, stuck in the window, and your one of your hammies cramps, and you got to find a way to straighten that out. <laughs> you ever had a rib cramp? The rib cramp will get you too. A lot of, well, this chair gives me a lot of back cramps. This yeah. chair. Mm. You'll see me start stretching. That's why I've been sitting sideways on this thing because it can give me a little bit of a stretch. This chair is not good for me to be sitting for four hours, I don't think. No. Cramps, though, I guess, are all hydration. And I drink a lot of water and I still cramp, so I think that's a bunch of bullshit. And you remember whenever they told us to eat bananas as kids? That'll go, that's a bunch of bullshit, yeah. too. Everything we've ever been told is a lie, and I don't like it. If you sit for eight hours a day, it's deadlier than smoking. Come on. See, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me. I don't know how inhaling cancer wouldn't be worse than just sitting down for eight hours a day, but these, it depends what scientists are doing the study. Like are you trying over. to? Is, is Nick trying to say if you sit down for eight hours a day and you don't do anything else, that your obesity will eventually get you? Oh come on! Call everybody fat, Nick. It's, it's bad for circular. It's, they got posters all over cubicle offices all over the world. Yeah, but then you have to ask for permission to go to the bathroom, don't you? No. Some places. They do. Or elementary school. I almost pooped my pants at school one time because they wouldn't let me go to the bathroom. (laughs) Why wouldn't they let you go? They said I had already used my bathroom. I was pretty antsy in school, obviously. I'd like to get up and go around and see things. Was this in high school? (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. Elementary school, AJ. Okay, (laughs) Jesus. But high school is antsy as well. That's why all the teachers hated me. Hmm. Who donated a gym to that high school? Huh. <laughs> Shouldn't have done it. Never got it. You can't used. just throw money at everything that you've messed up. It's not going to fix everything. I didn't mess it up. They fucking did. What'd they mess up? Everything. Everything? Everything. everything. everything.
you name it. No, I'm joking. School's good. There's just a couple teachers that are having sex with students and stuff like that. <laughs> oh. What? Were you, were you mad you weren't on the list? No, no, what? but we knew it was happening, though. That's why we felt the beef from said teachers. I, I mean, it was, it was just like dudes with girls? What? Male, teacher, male teachers with yeah. high school students? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought these, it's highly, these... highly illegal, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they went to jail. Oh, yeah, they are, they're in jail currently right oh, now. Oh, okay. But all these teachers, like, always had a beef with me. You know, like, noted beef. Like, I, it made no sense to me. It honestly made no sense. Turns out, they're probably all trying to have sex with the same women we're trying <laughs> they to have They knew there was a cock in the head house. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know. I had no idea. It made no sense. It made so much sense. Years later here, as it started to roll out, like, and another one. And another one. I was like, that makes a lot more sense now. That's why I wasn't voted male athlete of the year. That's voted on by students, though. No, teachers at our high school, because the teachers wanted all the control. <laughs> yeah, that fucking teacher would have voted for himself. If he could have. That's why he didn't Wait, want so to win. Wait, so was there male teachers getting with students as well as female teachers just getting male. with students? Just male. Uh, the female teachers have not been caught yet. Oh. Do you want to put any names out there? No, I don't know if that's true, because I would not have been the one that they would have tried to fornicate with <laughs> anyways. So. so you really do have a, you have, there's at least one teacher from your high school that had served jail time for that? Mm. Two, yeah, allegedly three. Yeah. Serving. A lot, dude. This wow. is a real thing. We're not joking about this. This is a very real thing. Oh, yeah. And the teachers that did get caught up into this hated me, which feels, makes me feel good. Uh, by the way, put this on my tombstone. Pedophiles hate me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, look at you. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. No big deal. Jared from Subway had me in his uh, VIP. He doesn't like you now, though. Yeah, hated you no, right now. No, but he hated me immediately upon exit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. still clean. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, now, Jared's going to be one of your biggest fans when he gets out of, out of prison. What do you mean? Oh, no, nope, too so. late. I'll punch him right in the mouth. <laughs> right in the mouth. Ruin Subway for me. I can't even eat Subway. I used to enjoy the hell out of Subway. Mm -hmm. Can't do it. Yeah, stinks. Just can't do it. What does a guy it. like that do once he does get out of prison? Quiznos. Probably just buries himself in his basement. What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> Still open. There's a couple of those open. Yeah, the sprint oh, yeah. guy. Or the, real can good. you hear me now? Guy switched from what? Sprint to Yeah, he's a piece yeah. of shit. Traitor. What? Why yeah. are you hating on a guy picking up another deal whenever another company dropped him? Hey, you know. Guy needs a paycheck. Loyalty. Yeah. Pandemic. Loyalty. Come he on. did it well before these times. Yeah, look at him now. He's safe. His family's taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. He should have been Andy's loyal to great Sprint. service. Are they? How are you not loyal to a, a carrier a network for cell phones? Hey, what's up with this 5G <laughs> stuff? They're marketing 5G right now. Oh, yeah. Isn't that just killing things up there? Oh, people. yeah. Killing, killing people. Yeah, killing animals. It's very 5G is? Fast what? internet, though. Bro, it's going to be so fast, though, that internet. So 4G doesn't kill things, but 5G does? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a line. And what are we? Habitual line crossers. Oh. Yep. Just can't help it. They set a standard. And we said, excuse me, we're going to sneak in LTE here. <laughs> right after the 4G. They're Wait, like, what's LTE? That and then somebody was like, it's like that baseball bat game. Oh, 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 mm. oh, oh. 4G. No. LTE. No. 5G. Oh, no. <laughs> God. I think that's what's going on. I mean, I don't know the science behind it, but I think there's some real shit popping off it's, in the sky. It's all the nodes they put out because, like, LTE is just the big towers. Lift nodes? But then the nodes are like the ones they put on uh, light fixtures. And there's like a hundred of them in yeah. like a block radius. So like you'll see on buildings, they'll put nodes on it. And that's why it's like a lot more concentration uh, 
of the the data stuff. Wait, okay. do you guys have five G yet? Like, does it show up on your phone? Close. I, I can't even upload a, a photo on my Twitter <laughs> at my house. I, I have no idea. It just. Indy was one of the test cities, but uh, what? Yeah, you can't find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. I got it. Zito's got it. Are though. you currently on five G right now? Yeah, I just turned it off, just for all of us. Back to Wi Fi. I'll get off Wi Fi. What, what do you want me to do? Which one? He's sneaking into five G in here. <laughs> I love 5G. He's sneaking. <laughs> Zito, right here. <laughs> AJ, did you watch uh, Lance Armstrong? Yes, I did see a good chunk of that. I, I really enjoy it. I'm looking, how many are there? I'm looking forward I, I, to it. Two. I'm, there's only two? One more next oh. week, yeah, so four total hours. He was try- I, I think he's a guy who's just got to the point where he does not care if you absolutely hate him because it feels as if that is the way this is all being portrayed. He's like, hey, this is a guy who was set in his ways, was obviously a savage when it came athletically, but he had a lot of things about him that make you go, oh, I hate that guy. And I think that's been his entire life, basically. And I think they've d- they dug into that a little bit, obviously, about his, uh, what's that called? The, your actual dad, the, uh, um, biological. the biological dad, Gunterson or whatever his name was. And then his uh, stepfather, the Armstrong guy, he even in there was like, maybe I pushed him too hard to win at all costs. It just feels like Lance Armstrong was this human that was created just to be a savage competitor. And he did not give a single damn about anybody else or anything stopping him got a lot accomplished obviously those epos which i did not know exactly what lance armstrong did wrong back in the day i just knew that he did wrong it sounds like the epos were something he was definitely going to do and then whatever else he got into as well whatever would put him up on top and it felt like there was a lot of a lot of bodies kind of all around people that got left into dust because of his ability to say i'll do absolutely anything to be great well, I thought it was interesting, too, when they, they go back and they play clips of interviews he did when he was, like, 21, 23 years old. Like, Lance is the same dude now than he was when he was, like, 23. They show he seems like kind of like a, a young, arrogant, cocky dude. Well, that what is he, 52, 53? I don't know. Whatever. He seems very, very similar to what he was. Like, he doesn't make any apologies. Like, he basically feels justified in what he did and the whole doping situation. I understand with cycling, it seems like everybody's doing it. So you're just doing it to try to – to try to stay even with the field and then lance is just such a monster he's able to win so much but the thing that i think people hate him for is like he he tore a lot of people down he got a lot of people a lot of families and husband wives teammates he really threw him under the bus and and lied till he possibly couldn't lie anymore i guess and he, he eventually admitted it to oprah didn't he when he said he mm-hmm. finally dope yeah i think the oprah got him i i think you're 100% right, though, about him being the same exact person. As old. At 15, they were lying about his age so he could go compete in triathlons, and he was just beating the shit out of everybody. And then his first trip to the United States Olympic team or whatever, they were training, and the, the people that were already on the Olympic team, they are like, we had heard of this legend of Lance, this guy from Texas that was a complete different ball game. And they talk about those five-minute sprints where you go five minutes with the win, and then you turn and go five minutes against the win. And the guy was like, yeah, we're doing the sprints like with the win or whatever. I was like, what is this? And then we turned around, we we're going against the win, and he was just a machine. And then when that minute, five minutes was up, he called the guy a fucking pussy for not going harder with him. It's just like, damn, I don't know how. But think, it was mentioned in the thing. Whenever you become a cycler, right, like natural instinct is to do a team sport, maybe another sport, to do something. Cross-country people have to do this. 
cycling does this you have to be a mental warrior where you're a loner by nature right you're all by yourself it's you and your thoughts it was interesting to hear him talk about what he would think about during his races planning plans and things of that nature it was just i don't know the the lance armstrong saga is an interesting one because he was so good and because he was so good so much good come from it right with the live strong thing and then his just stubbornness to admit guilt on anything burned it all down. And I think without that stubbornness, by the way, he never becomes the guy that he was to begin with. So it's like a live by the sword, die by the sword type thing. Lance Armstrong's story is like a stubborn, savage guy who just went down fighting all the way to the end and could not be like, yeah, I fucked up and ruined everything. Yeah, and he's not going to stop fighting anytime soon. Like, I don't think he'll ever stop fighting against, like, people saying the, the the start of the docu-series or documentary or whatever is him explaining the story in a restaurant where guys group of five or six dudes are flicking him off yelling at him he wanted the old me would have punched that guy in the face but i bought their meal and i said make sure you tell him that lance sends his love oh, way to go lance way to go they man. talked about like how uh, brutal it was to be around him when he was younger too because he was so damn competitive every single thing they did he would make it a competition what are we learning here lance armstrong Michael Jordan, Tiger, Peyton, Tom to a certain extent. They're just the most competitive humans seem to be the ones that go to the top. But there seems to be a lot of things that have to fall by the wayside yeah. if your competitive juices continue that. Now, Peyton, right, I don't, has a family, everything worked out. So I don't think a lot of, I don't know. I, to me, he was a great teammate, good friend. I don't think you Tom, him. what about Tom too? Tom almost had a divorce, right? Yeah. He talked about that on Howard Stern. He almost lost his family, but he was able to change. So I guess maybe, maybe, maybe not Tom or Peyton, but you, Michael, Lance, Tiger. It seems like those guys that are up in that. By the way, Serena's another one who's mm -hmm. just I say Phelps. Serena's one that's way up. The Phelps is another one. Serena though has built a family, and does, so she's in there with Peyton and Tom. She married the founder of Reddit, didn't she? Yep. Yeah. yeah. He follows me on Twitter. I've not sent my one DM that I could send I, yet. I haven't pulled the trigger yet. You say congratulations to the marriage. That'd be a good one. There are. They've been married for a long time. Have a kid, kid too. That'd be a little bit late. Uh, second kid. Yeah. Second kid comes, I'll say it. Anniversary, I think I already missed a couple, so don't want to just show up at the third birthday. But the, um, I think Phelps falls in there. It's like whenever you yeah. have that super competitive drive, there's some other things that obviously have to lack, I believe. Well, there's certain things that you or people are, some are willing to sacrifice and some, uh, some aren't, I guess. And those ultra, like the best of the best. There's something in their brain that just makes them different than everybody else. Like that drive. Like when you watch the Lance stuff, you're like, geez, from the jump, from a young age, this dude was a brash, confident guy that was just willing to take anybody on. And he's not, he's not scared to talk about it either. You know, every time I start getting into fitness a little bit, I'm like, I'm going to do a triathlon. I'm going to do a mini marathon. I'm going to do something of that nature. And then you watch that thing for Lance last night, you're like, well, I'm nowhere near that level of fitness. <laughs> There's no way I could do that. There's a big difference between a triathlon and a mini marathon. And there, I don't know if there's mini marathons. There's half marathons. Well, there's half triathlons, too. I've looked like, into yeah, this. Yeah, they call it like sprint triathlon. You should do one. Drop my bat. <laughs> but the body's hit the I think everybody knows that. 
Not everybody. I mean, there's, there's, there could be somebody watching there and said, wow, that was a lot, a lot of loud noises. What was that? Is someone on the roof again? Who is that? By the way, no, there's nobody on the roof today either. <laughs> Memorial Day. But also, huh. we'll move on. I went swimming this weekend. I think I'm a fish again. For pleasure or for a workout? Workout. I did it for workout. I'm trying to What'd find you a party. Show me what you did a little bit. Well, obviously, I did... Uh, when I, when I would shoot my basketball and it would rebound into the deep end, I would have to swim down. Okay, I'd swim, head above water, because I don't want to do the whole thing. I don't want to do that. Head above water, kick every once in a while. Okay, let's do this. Then I would get the ball, and in my head I'm like, okay, lifeguard here. Now I would swim sideways with the one, with the Ooh. one, Ooh. you know what I mean? Because you can't, because the ball was so big, so there's a lot of that, you know what I mean? Almost took the TV out again. So it was a lot of that. So that was your workout, was retrieving the, the rebounds. Yeah, because I have a, uh, my filter thing, the, uh, what's that called? The water shoots out of uh, the Jet. jets. Yep. They all filtered down to, towards the deep end. I wish we could change that so they would come there. So if you lose anything in the pool, it's going to end up in a deep end. And I'll tell you what. When you get down there, it's it's you in the water. That's it, pal. It's deep. It's like twelve feet, I think. I think oh, I have yeah. like twelve feet down there. You have a diving board? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you do anything off the diving board? Nah, because I don't want to blow up my eardrum with the pressure hitting the water off the diving board. Because I got to go big or go home, and I'm going to go big. Obviously, don't need to hit my face off the water. All right, that makes sense, man. I'm, I, I hope you're not sore today. Thank you. That means a lot. Um, Jadavion Clowney is going to the Browns or the Titans, from what I've been told, by Charles Robinson of Yahoo. Charles Robinson of Yahoo lives in Houston. Jadavion Clowney works out in Houston. Charles Robinson seems to be in the Jadavion Clowney camp at oh, this yeah. point. He's saying he's going to go to the Browns or the Titans. If he does that, do the, do the Browns automatically become contenders there in the AFC North with him? Helmet swinger, and that entire defense with a loaded offense and a new coaching staff. And how about if he goes down to the Titans? Which team do you think it immediately helps more uh, if Jadavion Clowney is to go on him? I think he would help the Titans more uh, right away. Okay. I think the Browns may may not need his services as much as the Titans might. And I mean, but the Browns, first off, how does anyone have any kind of opinion on the Browns? Like, what are they going to be? What's Kevin Stefanski seems to be saying and doing all the right things. They have a ton of players. They got talent. The roster looks great. But who who knows what they're going to be this year? Like somebody said, idea? somebody said they're going to Super Bowl. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That happened a lot last year. Last off season, the Browns were about to win the Super Bowl. And and I think before that, though, no other off season did anybody say the Browns <laughs> were going to win the Super Bowl. That's so, true, and they missed the playoffs. So. So I don't you, know. What the, I guess maybe it'll be good for the Browns. Maybe it's going to be really good for the Browns to not have all this offseason hype and not all of this pressure placed on their team from everyone outside of their facility. And now maybe Stefanski is the answer. I mean, they're, they're going through coaches so quickly. Maybe Stefanski is the guy. It's not an easy job, but you have a ton of talent. Like They definitely have a much more talented roster than plenty of other teams in the league. Is this fair for Baker Mayfield? What is this, his third head coach? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Will we ever get a fair assessment on Baker Mayfield? He's in his third head coach already, third offensive system. Will Baker Mayfield 
ever get a chance to just have a little contingency to make sure he can really reach the ceiling that he's been reaching for. Yeah, Baker Mayfield might have been a little bit out of shape last year and made some bad decisions, but has he ever been really given a shot here? Now we got three new head coaches, three new offensive systems. Will we ever know if Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback in the NFL? Will he ever get a fair shot at this entire thing? Well, if Kevin Stefanski is able to stay around, so let's say four years from now, five years from now, Stefanski is still the head coach of the Browns. That obviously means Baker is playing well, unless for some reason after a year or two they trade him away or he gets hurt and someone ends up take, coming in and taking his job. But if, if he could keep Stefanski around, which is something that is very difficult to do as a head coach in Cleveland is to stay there for more than a couple of years, then hey, yeah, then, you, then it proves that Baker can play, but it is tough. It wouldn't be easy to have three different head coaches in your first three years, and now this off season too, when you're learning a new scheme, for you're anybody. doing it all through Zoom. Oh, please! Hey, that wouldn't be easy for anybody. You don't hear Alex Smith crying about it. He went through the same thing. Plus, Baker. Well, we don't. We don't hear Baker pick. crying about it either, though. Baker got the crying about it. Baker's not crying. Coach. I'm crying about it for Baker. He handpicked right. Freddie Kitchens. Good pick. In hindsight. Uh, that was a bad decision. <laughs> that was a bad decision. You gotta think Stefanski will be good though. Like, uh, think, look at how they did in the playoffs, like against the Niners and stuff like that, the Packers and this year. How about the Saints? How about the fucking Saints in the playoffs? <laughs> yeah. Dicks, can we give the Harvard guy or Yale, wherever the hell he went to, a little bit of a chance here? Jeez, Louise. Yeah, Diggs. What's your, what's your problem? It's Cleveland, AJ. It's Cleveland. Big rivalry. I know you're, you stay true to your rivalry games. Yeah. Who do you have a rivalry with? Michigan? That team up north? You oh, hate them. Oh, Michigan? Yeah. That team up north. Oh, yeah, Mich- Michigan-Ohio State is a, is a above-average rivalry game, I'd say. Do you wear the dark blue ever? I have blue clothing, yeah. What? Peyton won't even wear red and black because he didn't want people to think it was potentially Georgia colors. Yeah, I guess I don't. I don't wear like I don't have a lot of things. I guess that are full blue, full blown like maize and blue. What Michigan is? So you, so this is re- like in Ohio, <laughs> born and raised, out the womb. There's a town that is a state up north that we hate forever and ever. Amen. That's kind of how it is. People from Ohio, obviously, there's there's the extremes. Some people take it to the far extreme on their hatred towards Michigan. They won't say the word Michigan. They won't wear anything blue. Yeah, I get it, but I'm I'm okay wearing blue and saying Michigan. I don't think I I think when I when you do that, you put them on a pedestal, and it's like, wow, man, you're taking. If you're not saying their name, if you're not wearing blue, like Michigan's taking up a lot of space in your brain, man. And I, for me, it doesn't. Why I don't I don't like it that way. I think that's showing too much respect. Oh, so you think they don't deserve any respect, Michigan people? They, they oh no, they they deserve respect. They no, have they have great no, players and coaches. But no. I think if someone was doing that to me. If I was at Michigan right now, obviously they haven't fared well against Ohio State they as of late. But if I knew all the things that were happening during because of how their hatred towards our team is, I'd be like, man, okay, well, good. At least they, they really care about us. Like we, we really take up a lot of space in their life. So you think that the Ohio State hatred of Michigan is much stronger than the Michigan hate of Ohio State? Yeah, it's been weird though now because like the last fifteen years, Ohio State has just dominated. Like, oh, it wasn't like that. Before. Let him know, AJ. <laughs> Talk that shit, AJ. Yeah. 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 Talk oh. that shit. Yeah. Okay. Got the Buckeye red on right now. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Would you let any of your kids go to Michigan? That's a good question. If they got a scholarship. <laughs> if they got a, a scholarship. If you get a scholarship. My kids can go anywhere they want. 
They get a scholarship to Michigan and Ohio State, the only two schools that offer scholarships. And the kid chooses to go to Michigan. How fast are you denouncing his relationship with you? Should I make him change his last name? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Your last name's Quinn now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michigan Notre Dame rivalry is pretty big too. Is it? When they play, those teams. I thought Notre Dame was with Stanford. No, they have them with everybody. Notre Dame's got one with everybody because Notre Dame doesn't have a conference. Oh yeah, Yeah. who's trying to get that gig? Urban's trying to get Notre Dame job, right? And that everybody says he's trying to get that job. I don't think so. I don't think he wants to live in South Bend. I think he wants to keep doing what he's doing. South Bend, Indiana. We apologize for that shot. It's not a shot. No, I'm saying he was. He spent time there before, but I just if Nick lives in South Bend. Hey, here's a guy that lives in South Bend. Anthony DeGilia lives up in South Bend. What's 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 your problem with South Bend? You're a resident of that place. There's just not. He's more well known than Mayor Pete. There, it's not a lot to do there. Yeah, what happened to Mayor Pete? I haven't heard from him lately. Well, you know, Bernie and Joe kind of started going off, and then Pete kind of fell by the wayside. And then you heard a couple people say, he's just a fucking mayor. What are we even thinking about here? <laughs> and then he kind of fell off, and then the quarantine hit, and it was like, well, he had to take care of his town and move forward. But Whenever I saw his signs, I thought they were construction signs, like for a new house. So maybe his sign game was bad, too. That's why he lost <laughs> to Bernie. I mean, we're not 100% sure what happened to him. We were looking to get him on the show, though, whenever he was about to make that run. I had some real questions for him. Like what? What would you like to ask him? You're a mayor. How are the potholes in your city? Mm-hmm. That's question one. Then off that answer we go. <laughs> That's all you need <laughs> is a great icebreaker. <laughs> well, if he says, well, we have a pothole problem, I'm like, well, how are you going to be president? Can't even take care of the goddamn cement in your town. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Or if you said we got great potholes, I'm like, all right, this guy knows mm-hmm. how to water his grass. This is a guy maybe that deserves to be a president of the United States mm-hmm. of America. But then he kind of disappeared, quarantine hit, and we haven't heard from him yet. Diggs goes up there literally every other day, though. Diggs, do you see Mayor Pete around town? Uh, I, don't, I don't know who Mayor Pete is. Oh, Jesus. Oh, is he serious? Yes, he's serious. PDB. Diggs lives in his own little Diggs world. He's got quite the rivalry going with him for the love of the town. So obviously it doesn't want to give him the respect, AJ, like you just talked about. Oh, so um, you're just not talking about it because you don't want You know me, big politics guy, so I definitely know who you're talking about. It's a mayor. So so that's politics, right? Yeah, and he wasn't for president there. He was a legit, a mayor from Indiana yeah. was in a real conversation for potential president. That was a wild time to be alive. Oh, right? yeah, lightning big, rod. Mm-hmm. That was a wild time to be alive there with Pete Buttigieg. I want Sleepy Pete. Joe to be a president. What's that? Yeah. I want Sleepy Joe. Joe Donnelly. <laughs> Joe Donnelly, we're in and Joe Donnelly. I'll tell you what, Indiana's been a hotbed for politics. <laughs> mm-hmm. So obviously, vice president is currently from Indiana. Yep. Sleepy Joe Donnelly, though, had no shot in the last election. No. He did not even know it, I don't think. And we were, we were trying to let his campaign know that he was getting slaughtered in the campaigning. <laughs> Absolutely. The only messaging that was getting sent to us was how bad this guy was at his job. Like, we're talking about 20, 30 commercials a night about him being bad. So he obviously loses. It's the big upset of uh, election night. Like, something we did not see coming. Incumbent. 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 Joe Donnelly loses to blah, blah, blah. It's like, Joe. No! Joe, we tried to tell you. I run into Joe on a plane. On a plane, I run into him. And I sit and I go, Joe. I try to get a message to your people. You you had no shot in that fucking election. He goes, ran into a $70 million campaign, Pat. That's what he said to me. Now he's uh, he's at Notre Dame. I yeah, think he's, Dame he's a professor at Notre Dame in South Bend. Oh, yeah. Wow. Take Look at you, class. just cozying up to all these politicians. 
No, I was in first class. He was in coach. <laughs> well, because even if he, if you're a politician, you got to fly in coach just to, for the optics. Like you don't want the optics of flying first. Yeah, I'm probably not going to do that. By the way, if I ever get elected in something, and I'll just I'll screenshot me paying for the ticket because there's no way I'm sitting back there with all the corona either. There's no, especially now in this chance. My knees have too many surgeries. I can't be sitting in nine E if I need. I I need to be up front with the legs up on the wall, preferably. You know what I mean. So first, the first seat of first class. Yeah, I'll be the greeter, too. I'm like a Walmart greeter onto the plane. Hey, welcome. We'll go into Orlando. The airport is a shithole, so get ready for that on your flight. Welcome. <laughs> They'll get you water. They'll get you waters. Thanks for coming on. You want peanuts or Cheez-Its? What do you want? Well, we don't do peanuts anymore because there's an allergy. Good luck. <laughs> we don't do anything. They don't do anything on planes right now. I don't think there's any water, any snacks, nothing. I forget who. Somebody had just flown, like the other day, I talked to and they said, yeah, there's no water. They get a water. You get a water when you walk in, basically. It's like you can snag one, and then you sit down, and nobody talks to you, and then you land, and then you're out. Oh, I'm that's like, amazing. Kind of nice. Not too shabby there. Not too shabby. Yeah, they won't, they won't wake me up to see if I'm thirsty. That's great. I do. I'm, I'm over that. I'm over it a little. You want anything <laughs> to go back to fucking sleep? <laughs> Ever heard of it? So Ever heard of it, lady? So hard it was to get to sleep? Pat, do you do you like to chat up your uh, the, the seatmate next to you on the plane if you don't know him? Nah. Well, do you like do you like if they try to talk with you? Yeah, I don't mind a good conversation. I don't mind a good conversation, but I'm not going to interrupt. I, I got to now. Granted, this is going to sound. I fly so much now at this point. It's almost like it's I. I flying is just another thing. So it's like if a conversation is to be had, I'll have one. If I'm intrigued by what they're doing on the plane, I will certainly be curious about it. But if it's just a standard stooge sitting there, we are not talking. Let's go. We just so happen to be next to each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. I, I yeah, saw a I guy mean, picking his toenails one of the last times I flew. What? Had his feet up with his fingers getting his toenails. Oh, yeah. That guy was trying to get slapped. Trying his best. I didn't say anything. I just kept my headphones in, my Raycons in, and just kept about going about my thing. You did keep your Raycons in, Pat. That's amazing that you even mentioned that. Really? Yeah. Do you know why Raycon is awesome? Do you have any idea? Well, I do know, and I don't know which reason you want to hear first i would like to tell you why i think they're awesome oh. i mean think about it it was co-founded by ray j everyone knows ray j oh yeah, oh, yeah. You know, ray j. One, four, i love you i hit it 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 first first you guys sound just just like him exactly i thought i was listening to it hey so good job you know snoop dog cardi b melissa etheridge she's not the lady from the dog videos that i messed up last week i think yeah she does. What song does she, does she sing, Pat? It's a whole. Uh, she's. It's been a long <laughs> day <laughs> without you, my friend. And, and I'll, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. Etheridge. Okay. Well, guess what? I, I don't know if that's her, Pat. Yeah, she covered it. It is. Yeah, she, yeah. she did. Oh, water should room. I cover it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, guess what? You know your Ray, your Raycon earbuds, Pat. Earbuds. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah. Not, uh, I don't know what you call them, but there's no dangly cords, no no weird stems. They stay in your ear. Pat and I like them because they fit weird-eared people. Bingo. Which you got, me and you both are proud to, to represent people with weird ears that normal things don't stay in there, well, as you see the profile with Pat's. I used to have cauliflower ear because of all my time wrestling people, but I got rid of that, and now I got a weird ear. That's nice. yeah, I don't know if that's true, but guess what? We know they, they started about half the price of all any other premium earbuds on the market. They sound... 
just as amazing. I think they sound better. They're great for working from home, working out, listening to music podcasts, and their everyday E25 earbuds are their best model yet. They got six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and more compact design. It gives you a nice noise-isolating fit and also comes in new fun colors. Pat, I know you are excited Hell. to try out all the new fun colors. I said you guys got new colors over there. <laughs> yes, they do. And all you need to do is go to buyraycon.com slash sports talk for 15% off your order brought to you by Raycon. Yeah! Great read, AJ! Hey, AJ, that was an incredible ad read right there for them. Thank you. It's not really an ad read at this point because when you're having fun, it's not working, you know? Mm-hmm. And an ad read would be working. It's just so much fun to talk about the Raycon's E25 earbuds. Ain't that right, AJ? That is right. I bet Ray J is a big fan of the show. AJ, AJ. I would assume. I would assume Ray J likes the show. I don't, actually, I have no idea if that's the case. I know nothing about the man. Ah, a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I do know yeah. a little bit about yeah. him. Yeah. Ah, it's a pretty large bit, I guess. <laughs> uh, More than average. Get it. Russ Wilson, Russell Wilson, he's an American hero. He gave away 300,000 meals yesterday because of a closest to the pin shot. Tiger Woods was the only one who did not uh, get another 100,000 meals from Russell Wilson. But also, Russell Wilson, standout Yankee and Seahawks, said that he wouldn't mind seeing Antonio Brown become a Seattle Seahawk. And from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, there's an entire report coming out that nobody in the NFL has a clue what suspension Antonio Brown faces coming back. Nobody knows. Uh, could he miss, be suspended an entire season because there's a lot of allegations against him? Could he potentially only have to be suspended a couple games? Nobody knows because the NFL hasn't even started looking into it yet because the NFL won't start looking into it actually until a team shows real desire to sign him. He had a workout with the Saints. He got sent home after that. He made it. I just got home from, from the, the NFL. Made a banger after that trip but i'm not sure there was enough interest from the saints for the nfl to do its investigation to see how long the suspension is but if russell wilson lands antonio brown up there and for some reason he can play this season i mean that's immediately a massive benefactor for the seahawks he is such a good football player which is why it's so sad all the shit that's happened off the field he is immediately target number one whatever field he goes to and not only in the receiving game but in the return game and with what defenses will have to do with him every every single person that's ever been around him says he works his ass off not a single person has ever questioned his work ethic on whether or not he'd be ready to be back or not it's everything else and i think seattle is an environment and a culture that could potentially handle the antonio brown coming into their locker room you would think that they definitely can and i'm what makes me wonder though is the league really like what is it going to take for them to figure out what his suspension, what his punishment may be. Like, So say the Seahawks, can't they make a call to the league office and say, hey, we obviously we don't, we're not going to sign the guy right now, but to even consider signing him, we need to know what his future may look like this coming season. So can you please give us some kind of idea of what you're going to do with him? Like, can't they ask that? I would assume that a team would have to do that. And does that automatically start – the investigation then or is there like a list of those types of investigations are like yeah we'll put it in the line i wonder if pete carroll who i think would love antonio brown i think his big thing is like we compete every day here be yourself do your thing they don't have a lot of weapons other than lock it right metcalf too okay oh, metcalf. metcalf lock it in antonio brown automatically makes russell wilson 
happier I was. Greg Damn. Olson. That would be that would be a hell of an offense. So Pete Carroll's just got to call in. I don't know how that works, AJ. Honestly, like because when Sean Payton worked him out, did he call the NFL first and say, "Hey, if we were to sign him, how many games would we have to miss him?" And then did the NFL just say, eh, "We're not looking into that right now"? I don't know how that whole process goes. I don't know if there's ever been a situation like this before, where it's a guy who, by all accounts, number one or top three wide receiver in the NFL, top three at their position in the NFL has a waiting suspension that nobody knows about what it is and who decides that do they project what they think it would be like how do they get an accurate projection if it doesn't do the full investigation i don't know how it works out but i know that the seahawks immediately become a much better team if they get old ab on that squad no he'd be huge for the seahawks but i think for antonio brown like does he have an agent now didn't rosenhouse leave him during the everything yeah i i I would assume that that Friend, he told he said that AB has to get mental help for him to go back to help him or something like that. He, I think Rosenhaus set out a uh, thing like, "Hey, you need to do this before we continue to work together." And I believe that was in the middle of AB's real interesting part of his life there. And AB came out against Rosenhaus and said he's the biggest scammer and all this stuff. I I would assume that there's a way for that relationship to get back together, but it feels like. And I know it's only been a little bit of time, and you can't judge somebody just off of one or or two weeks or three weeks or a month of action. It feels like Antonio Brown has quieted down all the -the off-the-field noise that he was in chaos that was following him there for a little bit. I mean, when he came out of the court in those cowboy boots and with the ankle uh, bracelet on and sprinted and then rap song and... I mean, it was a wild time to be alive there for AB. He did hire a new agent as well. Who's the new agent? Uh, Ed Wazalowski of EMG Sports. You know EMG at all? I don't think I know anybody from EMG. I don't know Ed, but I, I, I would hope Ed and any lawyers working for Antonio Brown should be pushing the league and be like, hey, like you're hindering my ability to work next year with this hanging over my head. Sure, I messed up. Of course, I own it, but... You got to let me know. Is it four games? Is it eight games? Like, am I no games? Like, what am I doing? What do I need to do to get back on track so a team will sign me? Because with that hanging out there and all the uncertainty, why would you bring him in? Well, and then what will the NFL say? Well, we got to see about all these allegations that you have because they're pretty large. If these allegations come to fruition in the courtroom, then whatever we decide to suspend you now is going to be subject to change from that. I, I, I just assume. That is he awaiting some kind of. He's yeah. not awaiting like a trial, though, is he? But what's going on with his legal. With I think he's awaiting cops? a couple. Oh. You got to remember the bag of dicks at the truck, right? Mm-hmm. And there was alleged. Uh, he back. needs to plea those down and get those all get, and get that situated. Well, then he has the the, the moving the moving. Yeah, through, so through allegedly the threw a rock at a guy in a moving truck. That's yeah. the and then he didn't pay him, so they said it was robbery and uh, battery or something like that. Yeah. But I feel like that one could get settled because that sounds like the truck driver was. I'm not saying anything. I don't know the situation. But that one seemed like that one got blown up a, a yeah. bit more than it actually was. But you see the videos that were coming out of Antonio Brown at that time, his IG lives, were absolute chaos. So it was good that it happened because it got him in jail and hopefully gave him a chance to hit rock bottom. But the one I would assume is the sexual assault allegation yeah. that is out there. I assume that's the one where the NFL is like, we have no idea what's going to happen with this. We can't accurately tell you how many games you're suspended if you're ever allowed back in the league, by the way. There, I guess there's there's multiple situations that I almost forgot about it because there was such a, a a moment in time when it seemed like every month or every three weeks something new was happening. So I guess I never because he has been quiet the last what two months, three yeah. months. I don't well, know. the question is, let's say he did have some sort of mental health thing going on. 
which we cannot rule out with the way everything was rolling. He, he didn't seem like a man who was making good decisions, right? If you see a doctor and they figure out how to level out your chemicals, like it very much is like a, I don't wanna say like an overnight thing, but it is like a, oh, this, much, this person becomes a sane person and a healthy person. I'll be interested to see how much the NFL looks into that. Like, okay, whenever he was doing all these, you know, not only alleged terrible things, but actual terrible things on his IG Live and stuff with his kids and his wife who he's back with, his lady, and he's back with his kids. It feels like he's really trying to get back into that whole thing. I wonder how much Goodell in the NFL is like, we don't know enough. But if you're the agent, you're 100% right. You're calling. You're like, hey, we need to know what it's going to be so whenever we talk to the Seahawks or when we talk to another team, yeah, we get that we'll be out for whatever, eight games, whatever it is, ten games, however many it is. But whenever that happens, we got to have some sort of goal because if not, we got no shot in this whole thing. It's similar, too, to Josh Gordon, kind of, because, I mean, he got suspended for, what, marijuana again, and now that's off the that's off the new or it's not a uh, suspension anymore? Yeah. Correct? So like, what do they do with him? But we don't know if it's just marijuana because whenever it came out that he – was being suspended it said ped and substance of abuse okay so i don't know if they did that just as a like that's what we do that's how we announce it or if it was a ped and i don't know none of us know anything because all that is what uh client doctor or patient doctor privilege okay. but the nfl like the HIPAA law? but the nfl can also know Hippo. yeah the nfl if someone tests positive the nfl doesn't ever come out publicly and say what ever. they tested positive for that's up to the player if they want to try to say what they tested positive for and guess what oh somehow all the players test positive for oh it was a tainted supplement my protein powder must have had some juice in there that adderall I, I tried adderall that was the new one you know the new yeah. one was oh i tried adderall because i was uh, studying the playbook or something like, <laughs> and then the nfl by the way never comes out and says well that's full of shit or not because the nfl does to the nfl's credit they do very much not say anything. They let everybody else kind of control the narrative on what the well, test they, is. They don't want it. They, you think they want to publicize positive tests more than, than it already are getting, like the, the well, attention it's getting? We had a guy on our team fail a test for PED, and he said it was because he was taking extends. <laughs> and that can, that can trigger a positive test. That's what he said. And it felt like he not only lost games, but a lot more, too, whenever <laughs> he had to tell the room that he was trying to make his dick big. But he told the whole room? Well, I think he might have told somebody in the training room. And if you t say something in the training room, you might as well just go ahead and get on a megaphone and be like, <laughs> everybody, you're trying to get a you know 10-inch hog. Sorry about that. <laughs> Spending four games. John Jones uh, used that defense when he, he got popped one time. He said he was taking, I think, like the gas station version of <laughs> Cialis or whatever. But the who knows if that's true, though? Yeah, nobody knows. I know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Mike Tyson, 53 years old, says by the end of this week, he will have a contract to get back into boxing. This man made an appearance uh, appearance this weekend on AEW Double or Nothing, took his shirt off, looked amazing, looked with it. There's video surfacing of him with his shirt off at 53 with a six-pack and biceps and the knuckles flying and resetting and capturing and bang it up, bang it up, bang it up, bang it up. It feels like Iron Mike is all the way back. I have no idea what he looked like in training videos back in the day because I have not seen that. I've only seen the highlights of him swinging 
refrigerators at other humans' heads and knocking them out to a rompous arena who was there to see him kill another individual. Mike Tyson has obviously been a man who's been there, done that with everything. Highs, very high. Lows, very low. Now at 53, he was offered $20 million already by a bare-knuckle fighting championship. I would assume there's other places offering up a lot of money because if you get Mike Tyson in a pay-per-view setting with the videos that he's putting out currently, not a single human on earth is going to say, nah, I don't want to watch that. I'm here for it. I assume you're here for it. And the person I want to see him fight, not Evander Holyfield, no offense to Evander Holyfield. I, I, I understand that Holyfield is a massively successful boxer. I want to see him fight Tyson Fury's dad. Yes. I want to see Tyson Fury's dad and Mike Tyson go at it. And I can't wait to see Mike Tyson potentially knock out the Gypsy King's dad, because the Gypsy King's dad cutting promos with Tyson with his workout videos going up to that thing, it'll be the hottest fight on planet Earth, and I am here for it. Yeah, I'm here for it too, but I, I would imagine if they want to make that these fights happen, if they want to make Mike Tyson fight happen, don't you think the Evander Holyfield is number one on their list of priorities? No, they already said no, I think. Why? Um, Evander said he wants it. Yeah, but somebody came out and said that he will not be who Tyson's fighting. I, I forget exactly who said it, but Mike Tyson, uh, it came out and said Evander Holyfield will not be the person he's fighting. I wonder who said it. Somebody said it. I read it this morning. I, I hope he does the bare knuckle. Yeah, I, I hope he signs with them. Well, then, I mean, we're potentially going to see somebody die in there. I mean, that's... <laughs> Have you ever watched any of the bare knuckle? Like, uh, the bare knuckle fighting? It's, it's good, man. Tyson, like, whoever is going to step in and fight Tyson, let alone fight him bare knuckle, is absolutely crazy we had a guy uh friend of the show chris Lytle, used to do bare knuckle boxing he went down to mexico to take on somebody i forget where at and he every day would come back with a new black eye it's just like it is incredible and you're only allowed to your feet you have to stay within reach of the other person basically so they are telling you to hit each other mike tyson looks dangerous again and uh he on that smoke What's he call it? What's that show? Mike Tyson's uh, Up in Smoke. Up in Smoke, I think. No, no, it's not. A, is it Up in Smoke? Uh, no. He I has a show. It's a very good show on YouTube. He interviews people. And he had a clip come out just a couple months ago where he's always fighting against the inner killer, basically. And it, like, scares him to think that that person's still under there and could come back at any moment. And it was, like, a very – it was a real moment there for Tyson. You could see, like, he's always inside. He still has that, like, he wants to go fight people. Now he's putting these videos out. Now he's getting back into it. It's like, what's going to happen to Mike Tyson here for the next 10 years? Is he just going to go around knocking out people? Hot is boxing. It, are we, hot box, there it is. Are we back into the Mike Tyson kills a man potentially world? And I'm here for it. He had a pretty infamous quote years back that was like, uh, that's why they keep me on the Zoloft so I don't kill y'all. <laughs> Mike was on Little Wayne radio. Or, sorry, Young Money radio. And he said, Young no, Money it's not going to be a Vander. Yeah, so ESPN and Mike Tyson said it's not going to be Evander Holyfield. So now who it'll be, we don't know. Tyson Fury's dad has come out with his incredible accent and speaking ability saying he's a, he's a king of a champion, so he would fight him. And he said, take on the big, the big, I don't want to say the word because I guess I'm not allowed to say it because I was not a gypsy, but you get it. That, that's something I would like to watch right there. If it's not the, either of those two guys, who else is out there for Mike to fight? Butterbean still swinging his fists, oh. I think, somebody. I think Butterbean's still swinging him around a little bit. A little Butterbean action. I still think it should be Tyson Fury. Yeah, Diggs wants actually Tyson Fury. 
yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a little too soon for that. Tyson Fury, <laughs> Fury's the current champ, right? Yep. He's uh, so good too. Tyson Fury is so so good. Can you imagine with his length, like yeah, Tyson's gonna work, so do whatever he can to get inside of that, those arms. Hey, by the way, they were saying that his gloves were potentially a little bit. Uh, They're floppy. Oh, with the uh, stuff in them harder. A little floppy. Yeah. Tyson Fury. Yeah, it was somebody. It was some hater, I'd assume, trying to knock him down a pedestal. But I, I was bummed. Just like I'm bummed, I wasn't around for the Mike Tyson prime era. You know, when those fights had to be just the build up had to be so awesome, and then. 15 seconds of whoop about dead uh and then let's do this another month from now or so i i missed the, i'm very mad at myself that i have not known enough about tyson fury because he is so He's entertaining awesome. at boxing it's gotta if, be butterbean you nailed butterbean. it it's gotta be butterbean are you sure butterbean's still out there is he still active still fighting he was on um the dark side of wrestling the brawl for all episode. the brawl for all episode and uh I, he didn't look like obviously he was in his best shape but he had a cane. Did he? I think he was walking with a cane. Oh, <laughs> no. No. Maybe it won't be Butterbean. Get him in the gym. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't remember him with a cane. That's not good. Um, I I said this, what, a couple weeks ago. Maybe just have Mike Tyson stand in there and then just have a line of stooges yeah. come in. You know what I mean? Just Sandusky gets in there. Jerry Sandusky, boom, boom, bang, dead. Drag his carcass out. Jared Fogle comes in. Boom, boom, bang, dead. Drag his bag of bones out. And it's just Mike Tyson's punch out, but with terrible people yes. and people who potentially pay to get in there. Yeah, Larry Nasser we can throw in there, the yeah. Michigan oh, State yeah. doctor. Larry Nasser for sure. Yep. Michigan Agreed. State for sure should be represented in this. Mitt, will you give me that uh, picture right over there? She's on the double mitt. Hurry up. People God. in the you're okay. You're, you're okay. People in the uh, comments are saying Fedor would potentially be. Ooh, oh yeah, I was thinking of like an MMA guy he could fight in a boxing match. Ever heard of one of these, AJ? Oh yeah, where'd you get down to eBay? Nah, <laughs> guy owns a butcher shop. A butcher gave us to me. He's a good man. Good man, old Dougie Dale. Couldn't find a place on the wall for it, which is a real shame. But if Mike Tyson gets in a fight, no, this son of a bitch is going right back <laughs> up on the wall. <laughs> If Tyson does fight, don't you think it needs to happen like in the next three months? Yeah, he's training, obviously, for the next couple. He's in very good shape right now. Yeah. He, well, he needs to do it before like all of these sports try to scramble to get back together like by the end of the summer. like I think Mike needs to do it right before that. I would watch if the NHL had their 24 COVID team COVID Cup and golf had their four majors or whatever – and the NFL was happening, and the NBA was happening, and then there was a Tyson fight at night. I would still watch the Tyson fight, I think. I would absolutely watch the Tyson fight. But going back to the well, – you mentioned the hockey thing. So they're talking about having, what, a 24-team like playoff thing where some teams that maybe wouldn't have been in the playoffs are going to have a chance now. And isn't there, seed, isn't there some series that are played to see what seed you're going to be? Yeah, so the top four in the Eastern and Western conferences will play for seeding, and then there'll be a play-in round for how everybody seeding, else is. Why does seeding matter, though? If they're all going to be playing at the same facility, there's no fans there, there's no like real home ice. Didn't they play some season already? Yeah. Yeah, this would be finishing the season that they already played. I know, I'm saying, but these games where you're going to be playing for the seed, why, if your team is playing for the seed, why would you be going as hard why would you be finishing checks? Why would you be playing as hard as possible if it's just to get a different seed when the seeds don't matter? If I'm an eight, I'm playing a one, there's no home ice advantage. You're all playing at the same arena. There's no fans anyway. What, yeah, the, what advantage are you getting? Well, the humans on the other team. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, for matchup reasons, I guess, but the seedings don't, like, home, there's no home <laughs> ice. 
AJ, the seating isn't all about home ice. It's about who you have to play against. Like, you don't want to have to yeah. run into a buzzsaw until later. You don't have to run into him first. Okay. And it hasn't been completely ruled out. What do you mean, yet. okay? That is literally what seating is for, so you don't have to play the good play. team. But, yeah, you're right. No, or if you want a top seed because you want to, like, say you're in football, you want a home game. There's no home games here. We don't know that yet. What do we know? Nothing. Well... But well, we know they're most likely going to be. There's going to be like a West Coast arena area that they're going to play. It's going to be like a Midwest type area. It could be two. It could be four. It could be everybody at their home stadium, depending on the local state. Nobody knows. The NHLPA just voted to have more conversations about it, which means they haven't shot this idea down. But there's a lot to, that still has to be figured out. Don't rule out the local media. Local TV, local radio, just like in MLB that want this thing to be done in local arenas. The thought was originally two biodomes, one in Edmonton and then one probably in Florida somewhere, I'd assume. But then as you as you really dive in, you start to realize how many people got their hands in the cookie jar, potentially, that are going to try to figure it out. You have, I mean, you know the hockey world pretty well, I'd assume, right? Because it's literally in your family at this point. I mean, I don't know. No, I don't pretend to understand what's happening. Well, yeah, you just said the only reason why you see it is so you get home ice, not so you don't have to play against the hardest team in round one. I'm saying in that, that first round, those those seeding series, it doesn't it doesn't matter nearly as much. Well, I've always said if you're gonna win, you're gonna have to beat anybody anyway, everybody anyways. Well, what it's gonna do? Aren't they? Didn't they bring? They're bringing in what? Maybe Chicago and Montreal, and they wouldn't have probably made the playoffs. Yeah. Is oh, that right? Correct. Yeah. And then we gotta face Montreal, who just so happens to have a goalie that could get hot and really screw us out of number five seed there. So. I mean, it's not great. It's not a great setup for the Pittsburgh Penguins, but Hockey Town will survive. Oh. Will, will survive. survive. Hey. Hey. Do you think Indy could support a hockey team? Indianapolis? One. Yeah. Do they want one? We have one called the Fuel. Mm-hmm. Pretty good little crowd, pretty good little pop whenever you go out there. I think Indiana would like an NHL team if they had one. It would have to be good. If they're not good, I'll tell you what, it's going to be tough to move some tickets. But if they're good, this city would buy in completely. Yeah. What, how are you not a bigger hockey guy coming from Pittsburgh? What are you talking about? He's a big hockey guy. I'm a big hockey guy. You ever seen are my next-door neighbor clap bomb? Oh. <laughs> Bro, I got what? a fucking clap bomb. I got dangles, sticky mitts. A hockey mix. guy wouldn't know what he was talking about. Top Chad, bro, are you kidding me? Come on, man. I'm a big hockey guy. I apologize. I didn't realize how like the vast knowledge you have of the game. <laughs> yeah, dude. You want me to explain offsides for you and everything? I mean, <laughs> offsides and icing, both of them. Can't figure it out. <laughs> You'll get there. Columbus Blue Jackets aren't a bad team. I mean, nowhere near as good as the Pittsburgh Penguins, but Columbus Blue Jackets aren't a bad team over there in They'll Columbus. Be in, right? They're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, Columbus oh, yeah. good hockey town, too. That place loves their Blue Jackets. We went to a game over there. It was awesome. When did you go to a game? A couple years back. Three, four Why? years ago. Because they're playing the Pens. Playoffs. Three-hour drive. Here I come. Oh, the playoff. I might have been at that game. Ooh. Well, we won. So <laughs> In your face. Mitt, will you go grab my stick? Oh, God. You're lefty. you're lefty, too, in hockey? Well, I use a flat stick because I might be a lefty or a righty. I'm not 100% sure. Oh, yeah. But my next-door neighbor clap bombs from the right side. I do know that. Uh-huh. Thank you, Mitt. This guy's a world deck hockey champion. What's that mean? Oh, Jesus. Champion. Don't worry about it. Deck? What's the deck have to do with it? Ball. Well, it's like the white trash hockey. Yep. <laughs> you know? So it's ice hockey, not like roller hockey? No, no, no it's ball right. hockey. No, it's worse than that. It's on feet. It's on your feet. You just run around in a little. Oh, that sounds terrible. It it's was. great sport. It's great sport. Wait, do you play like on an indoor soccer field or something? On a hockey rink. With ice? With no ice? 
Yeah, it's on pa- uh, it's on yeah, uh, pavement. pavement. Yeah, it's like an indoor hockey or indoor soccer field. Yeah, but it's outside normally. Indoor as well, but normally it's on the outside. If you want to get real white trash, and there's at least three fights a period. It's awesome in a crowd and on the deck. There's actually a guy anybody named, could get it. There's a guy named Haddlebags. Uh, he's um, world ball hockey player number one, I believe, at, at one time. He was pretty good. He had a hell of a clap bomb. He actually hit a guy in the head with a hockey stick in the middle of a in the middle of a game and was almost sent to jail for. That's it. not alleged. I seen it. Wow, it's great. White trash hockey's awesome. Yeah, I used to play roller hockey on tennis courts before the cops would come kick us off. It's fun. I use rollerblades. Yeah, when I was, uh, I'd say when I was nine, ten, eleven years old. How were your handles? Pretty good. I bent my stick though. What took you so long, well, man? You're shotgunning beers out there. This is uh, this is one of the key points to in the memo, uh, the proposal to return to play. No sharing of sticks. Oh, see so if someone so say the uh, D man loses a stick, the off offensive man cannot give a stick to the D man. Well, it's only to return for informal skates, but yeah, you can't just be picking up other guys' sticks. Good juggle. Hey, they're going back. Aren't, aren't hockey players going back to the facilities next week? Uh, they will be permitted to. Pull on ice. He's open. Give him the pack. Give him the pack. By the way, when you're deflecting in front of the net, that's AJ, good base. Ooh, <laughs> tap. Clap on. Oh, whoa! There it was. Big hockey show. Big hockey show. There it is. Oh, good juggle. Look at those mitts. See those mitts, Mitt? Oh! oh. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Never seen Crosby do that. Easy. Yeah, I have. With, with the battery? No. Yeah, I have. Never seen Marshawn do that. Whoa. I saw him lick people's faces. Oh, Rat. Uh, bites him, but yeah. Hey, why is, what makes Sidney Crosby so good? Hey, he's better than everybody. He skates faster than everybody. He's got better vision than everybody, and he's a fucking savage. Legs. Yeah, doesn't he have, like, super powerful, like, lower body? Yeah, he skates better than everybody. That's and just his handles he, are better than everybody, too, right? Yeah. I don't know. There's probably some people, like, for instance, Ovi's got a better shot than him. This is just what I'm knowing. This is what I've been told from other people who know hockey. Ovi's got a better shot than him. Other people might have better dangles than him. But he skates better than everybody. He's got better vision than everybody. He's a facilitator, and he can shoot in the upper echelon of people and dangle in the upper It's the competitiveness. It's like the Michael Jordan thing. They call him the greatest grinder of all time because he just doesn't allow himself to lose. He's a fucking lunch pail guy. Is he like? Is he viewed as a lunch pail guy like that? I feel like he's so good. People outside of Pittsburgh don't view him that way. Well, yeah, people think he's a baby and a whiner. Yeah, and a crowd. But if you watch him night in, night but out, why do they think that? Because he's Sidney Crosby. He's the best on earth. Because he scores so many goals. I guess did they think the same thing about Gretzky? Well, and also there is yeah. plenty of film of Sidney potentially being a little bit. He's had some moments. Radish uh, when he hits people's gloves away from them, and you know does some. Illegal things. He punched the guy in the nuts. He, he's not as bad as Malkin. Oh, that's what I don't get. And he'll talk to the refs. You know, he'll he'll yell about us. A little mouthy. He gets treated much differently than everybody else because he's the greatest of all time. So I mean, it's just it's tough to handle. Obviously. What ha- what's wrong with uh, what's his name um, Malkin? I heard Connor jump in. So yeah, well, I, he doesn't know what he's talking. As about. a Bruins fan, I always thought Malkin was the one that whined more compared to Crosby. Whoa. Malkin doesn't even speak English. So who's he whining to? No, <laughs> exactly. Good point. It's my point. Well, mate, what are the minutes, pal? He had a terrible morning. This yeah. dude's been hungover so bad. He came stumbling in, threw three footballs at the basketball uh, backboard. I mean, it was just – it's been a rough morning, but he's what, 21. 
Mitt, what'd you do last night? Uh, last night, I just hung out by myself. Uh, that's a lie. Yeah. Detoxed. No, it was my friend's birthday. I actually didn't drink it all last night, though. Ah, yeah. 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 Okay. First time since what? You were why are they Why are they slandering you Mitt this did week? did not get better this weekend. I had a long weekend, yeah. 21 right. years old. Memorial Day weekend. He walked in here looking like literally a sack of shit. 21 years old. You don't beers. get hungover yet, Mitt. No, that's what I was trying to that's say. That's a lie. I definitely get hungover. Well. That's because he's already abused his liver so much at this point. His liver's 55. Talk to Foxy's dad. It sounds like he's AJ, not you too. Sorry, you too, AJ. Happy Memorial Day to everybody. Have a great Memorial Day. That was for you. We'll see you in Have a good one. Play Foxy. Jesus. Come on down. I hope he's really not a drunk. <laughs> he's not, AJ. He's I not. Kind of kind of sounds like this. So sorry to interrupt, but I need to tell you about the greatest shorts to ever exist. Okay, everybody knows I got big thighs. Skies out, thighs out, quad father, all these things. So finding shorts is not easy. It's not easy to find shorts that fit. It's not easy to find things that are comfortable and move with me and have the liner inside that acts as boxer briefs, but is even more comfortable because it's not actually a part of the, you get it. It is bird dogs. Bird dogs are gym shorts with a built-in silky soft inner liner that makes underwear obsolete. Ha! Obsolete! They also make the best pants that I've ever worn. When you put these shorts on, you're going to be like, hey, I understand way back in the day, way back in the day, they tried to make the bathing suits that had the thing that held your kit and caboodle together. They were trying to eliminate underwear so you didn't have to get your underwear wet when you jumped in the pool. Well, bird dogs came along, revolutionized it, and made the most comfortable thing ever. You don't have to put on underwear, and you can wear these shorts in the gym. You can wear them in the pool, and you can even wear them to an office meeting if you have to. They look damn good, and the pants are fantastic as well. Right now, you go to birddogs.com and enter promo code PAT, and they'll throw in a free pair of nunchucks. Yep, you heard it, nunchucks. You'll get an actual murder weapon along with your pair of bird dogs. That's birddogs.com, promo code PAT, and boom, free pair of nunchucks with your pair of bird dogs. You will not take these things off, I promise you. They are fantastic. I worked out in them today. I'll sleep in a pair tonight. You'll enjoy the hell out of them. Birddogs.com, promo code PAT. You get a free pair of nunchucks. Hoi! Joining us now, NFL senior writer at Yahoo Sports. Yes, Yahoo Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, friend of the show, Charles Robbins. Yeah! Charles! Uh, Charles, thank you so much for coming and joining us. Happy Memorial Day to you, sir. And you as well. Happy Memorial Day all the veterans out there. We appreciate your service. Amen. Bingo. USA! 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 Anyways, uh, big shout out to USA. Let's get to America's team. You uh, were the man 
behind all the information for a potential Jamal Adams to Dallas Cowboys trade. And this allegedly almost took place last season at the trade deadline. Now it's uh, popping back up this offseason. Is there anything to this? Will this ever happen? And why is Jamal Adams so mad about this whole thing? I mean, there's something to it because Jamal Adams wants to get paid. He wants his extension after year three of his rookie deal. And the Jets are sitting there and going, look, go look at some of the best defensive players from recent classes. You had Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald. These are guys who actually played through year four. Um, Christian McCaffrey is the only guy uh, from that 2017 class to get extended. So the Jets are just sitting there saying, look, if you, if you want that extension, that's fine. But that's a 2020 issue. That's not a t- uh, 2021 issue. That's not a 2020 issue. We're not going to get to it now. Um, and, you know, look, I think Jamal, uh, George Adams, his dad was a first round pick, you know, in the NFL, hmm. uh, played for the Giants. I mean, there's some family stuff going on here um, in terms of the advisement. And, uh, you know, look, Jamal's had a burn his saddle since the trade deadline last year. I don't think he liked the fact that the Jets picked up the phone. Um, when the Cowboys called. And conversely, I think what's interesting in this, and I, I think this is a little bit of a wrench in this process, you know, Michael Irvin comes out and he says, oh, it's a first and a third. I don't know, man, for the Cowboys, it might be a little more expensive because I can tell you right now, the way that whole trade deadline stuff went down last year, how much information got out there and the feeling that it was the Cowboys leaking a lot of the information about the talks with the Jets. Um, I don't think Jets ownership was very happy about how that whole process went down, feeling like they got burned a little bit by the Cowboys in a process that should have been a little more locked down. It might not be a first and a third from the Cowboys. It might be a little more expensive than that. And I think how many strong safeties, honestly, even a great strong safety, how many strong safeties nowadays in the NFL are teams going to go, hey, we'll give you a first, a third, and then on top of that, we're going to pay you at least $15 million to make you the highest paid safety in the game. Well, the game is becoming on defense side of the ball, a lot of safeties because how everything's opening up. So, I mean, potentially a much more important position going forward as it was in the past. But if what was the things that came out during trade deadline last year that made people a burn in the saddle? By the way, that is an incredible, or what does burn in the saddle mean? First of burr, but like a burr in the saddle, you know, like you're, you're like, you're, see, I, I live in Houston. So whenever somebody's pissed off, you oh, it's like a snake a in the boot. Saddle. It's like a snake. It's a snake. <laughs> in the boot got it burr in the saddle okay a burr in the saddle okay so the jets feel as if the information that the cowboys leaked last trade deadline was offensive and negative what was the the information that was being leased on what they were willing to give the jets for the trade or what was the information that kind of pissed off the jets people well i think it was it was one of those things where it got out and and there there were oh. reporters around the cowboys where it was it was sort of like a daily sort of update. Here's where we're at. Here's where we're at. And and there wasn't really much coming from the Jets end of it in terms of, you know, the people around that team. And look, a lot of NFL teams, I mean, you know this, their names get brought up quite a bit at the trade deadline. You know, um, teams call on guys. Um, and, and I think sometimes a team can feel like they get burned just be, just for picking up the phone because the Cowboys call and say, hey, you know, uh, we hear everybody on your roster is available. Is Jamal Adams available? He's a guy we're looking to upgrade his safety. He's a Texas guy. We think he wants to come home. Um, uh, you know, uh, Will McClay, who's uh, you know high up in our personnel, is close to Jamal Adams' father, uh, George Adams. Maybe we know something about where Jamal Adams would like to continue to play his career. Um, you can have those conversations, but then when all of a sudden it all comes out and it seems to be you know one team's media that really ends up being, you know, the, the people who advance the story. It put the Jets in a situation where all of a sudden Jamal Adams is saying, why would you even pick up the phone? 
Like, what's going on? Why am I even involved in this? I created a. You know, I thought a about this. I thought about this because we had learned that Jamal was upset about the potential being traded. I have no idea what you're supposed to do if you're in that general manager position there. If some team calls you and offers you, I have no idea because it was alleged that Jets ownership and front office had a conversation with Jamal Adams and told him that he's not on the trading block, right? Because everybody, they were trying to get rid of, they were trying to unload all the contracts that the previous GM put together. So Joe was trying to do his own thing. He and uh, Jamal Adams have a conversation and tells Jamal, you are not on the trading block. Don't worry about it. Then it starts coming out that the Cowboys were trying to trade for him. So then Jamal loses trust in the general manager. But if you're that general manager, just like when Jerry Krause had to take calls for Scottie Pippen, it's like, I don't fully know what you're supposed to do there. And I'm normally a person that hates the general manager and loves the player. I don't know what the GM's supposed to do there. If the Cowboys are calling, it's like, uh, is Jamal Adams on trading block? No. It's like, okay, well, then there was potential. You could phrase that as trade talks about right. Jamal Adams if you really wanted to, even though it was trade talk and not an answer to it. I, I don't know what you're supposed to do there, but I like that Jamal Adams all pissed off at people. I like that a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I don't I don't think this is necessarily a negative for the Jets. I mean, I, I know people are sitting there going, well, you know, this is one of their best players, and this is uh, – look, the, the Jets are becoming relevant because of some of the things, as you said, Joe Douglas is willing to do. You know, I look, if you're 14-2, if you're 13-3 – you don't pick up the phone on guys, but you know, that's not, it, it's not a good team. And you're talking about, you know, rehashing the entire roster there. There's not many guys you don't pick up the phone on. Maybe Sam Darnold. That's it. Oh, they just brought in Joe Flacco. So <laughs> Sam Darnold needs to have his head on a swivel. Do you think they brought in Joe Flacco? Uh, not only because Joe was with the Ravens in 2014, whenever uh, Joe, the elite Joe Flacco was at his highest, and they, they have a little history with him. The GM has history with Joe Flacco. Or do you think it's they signed Joe over Cam Newton because they know Joe Flacco, definite backup for Sam Darnold. Cam Newton comes in, potential controversy as soon as if Sam gets mono again or if Sam <laughs> starts incompleting passes, everybody in New York is going to be calling for Cam Newton. Do you think that is the reason why that move was made? I think they brought in Joe Flacco because he's tall. <laughs> Mike Lennon's getting gigs. Hey, if you're a tall quarterback, you look like a sky cam. You're getting signed in the last week or two. That is 100% the case. I, look, I, you're 100% right. I mean, that's exactly why they brought in Joe Flacco, because they, they want functionality in the quarterback room. They want functionality in the media. You know, I, I think there's a part of that support role where they feel like Joe Flacco, having that history with Joe Douglas, going back to the Ravens, um, feels like he knows his character, can be that guy that can hold the clipboard, support the rookie, knows enough, has started a long time, won a Super Bowl, all these different things. Um, you know, and, and oh, by the way, if Sam Darnold, God forbid, gets mono or some other transmitted disease in this time of transmitted diseases, uh, you've you got a quarterback who can step in and actually win some football games. At least they feel like he's experienced enough to hold the fort for a few games. Um, you know a lot about you know, free agents and things of that nature. The last time you were on this show, you said, look for Jadavion Clowney to go to the Jets, potentially the Titans, but his price has to get down a bit. Now, we don't know if we're at that price being down yet. Maybe you do. Is Jadavion Clowney, who's still on the market right now, at the point where he's willing to accept a lot less than what he was expecting? And is there a team out there that you think is going to pull the trigger on him? Because, boy... That's a guy that you would like to not only have come off your bus first, not only be in the warm-up, but he can disrupt games anytime he wants to and chooses to do so. I, I still think it's the Browns. I really do. I, I've, I've been on this for a while. I still think Jeez. the Cleveland Browns are a team that have 
uh, a ton of cap space. They have Olivier Vernon, who they if they cut Olivier Vernon tomorrow, it's a fifteen million dollar cap hole. They're gonna okay, win a Super so. Bowl. Browns <laughs> are gonna win a Super Bowl, dicks. I mean, and and remember, there's another thing about Jadavion Clowney too, and I, I think the teams that look at him feel this way about him. You want to put him with a set of guys who can be sort of full force multipliers. So you're sitting there at defensive end, you're saying, hey, Miles Garrett on one end, you put Jadavian Clowney on, on the other, something's going to happen here. Like one of these guys is going to have to get doubled. It's going to change sort of the matrix up front for offensive teams. I still think the Browns are a team that, that are very interested in Jadavian Clowney but are slow playing this process. Because, look, the bottom line is from what I've been told, Clowney's just not in a hurry. There's nothing going on right now. And I think once facilities start to open again and you talk about players – starting to come back into the fold. He's not worried about this virtual offseason stuff. I live in Houston. Jadavion Clowney's here training like every day. He looks like Jadavion Clowney. I mean, he's going to be fine. He's going to step in and be ready to play right away. He'll, I, I think he's waiting until he knows there are no other options out there. This is what's sitting in front of him. A huge pay cut um, with a team like, say, the Titans. Um, and I, I honestly feel like it's kind of whittled down to a huge pay cut with the Titans or something with the Browns that is less than the $20 million he wants, but at least closer. Isn't it interesting, though? You're talking about Jadavion Clowney's patience. Don't, don't some of these teams, though, they're, they're showing a lot of patience. It's like, hey, if you think yeah. Clowney can take you over the hump, go and get him. Like, I don't understand what the entire, uh, we'll just wait it out. Is Clowney telling him, like, so you're saying, like, the Browns have made an offer to him, and Clowney's like, uh, not yet, and the Titans have made an offer to him, he's like, uh, not yet. Or is it that they're all just kind of waiting around? Because I've always, I don't know, this. I don't do the fantasy football because I think it takes a lot of time and there's not enough, uh, not enough upside for me. And honestly, I just hate it. But, I, like, I'll get into it next year. I've decided there we go. Yeah. Oh, next year I'm getting is. into fantasy football. But oh. I'm like and I'm not a general manager of an NFL team, but if I got a guy sitting there that I'm like, hey, this guy, if he's alongside Miles Garrett and we have a good defense, and who knows if Miles Garrett's gonna make it through an entire year without taking somebody's helmet <laughs> off and killing him. But it, if you have a guy, let's go and get him. Are, is there any conversation about that happening, you think, behind closed doors? I, I will say about the Browns. The Browns have expressed interest. They've. Uh, it's not like all of a sudden they've closed the door and said, "Hey, we're we're no longer interested." Okay. okay. There's been Clowney's camps known for a while that, that the Browns have been interested. I don't want to get into you know the details of what's been talked about. Whoa! Listen. In what situation have you expressed interest and not talked in some element of detail? Okay, let's be real here. Yeah, you're 100%. So, I would have got these I, nunchucks at all. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I'm telling you, uh, in terms of their patience, the patience of teams, and uh, look, you're on Clowney's schedule because Clowney's sitting here. I'll tell you what his thought process is right now. Here we go. Do I do a one-year deal? Okay, because I feel like I just did a one-year deal last year, essentially finishing out you know, the, the, the move to Seattle last year. I did a one-year deal, the prove-it deal. It didn't work out, okay? My sack numbers weren't great. The pressures weren't great. I wasn't always 100% healthy. And teams are all sitting there staring at me going, hey, man, when are you going to have the pop season? When are you going to have the 12, the 14, the 15 sack season? You haven't done that. We're not going to pay you like you're a 15 sack guy. You want 20 million dollars? That's a 50, that's a you know 12 to 15 sack guy every single year. Um, so he has that problem. He's still in a situation where he may have to sign a one year prove it deal. But I you know I think the Browns are interested in him 
longer term than that. And and if he's hmm. going to sign a reduced deal, I'm I'm telling you right now, that's a one year deal. He's not going to take some contract where someone's going to pay him, hey, fourteen million dollars a year. There's not going to be a five year. 14 million APY deal that he's going to sign. That's going to be a one-year deal. He's going to go try to prove it again. But I don't think he wants to go through that process again. If he wants to sign the bigger deal, getting into the upper teens, that's going to be a team like Cleveland, which you know has the money and has the interest still. BT-dub, LOL, API, <laughs> Um Okay, let's pivot. Let's move to another team in the Lone Star State in which you habit. Um, tat, habit. You inhabit. Yeah. Inhabit? Inhabit. Inhabit. I-N-habit. Mm-hmm. Right there at the end. Uh, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Last week it came out via Chris Sims that there was an offer on the table for five years, averaging $35 million per year. Dak wants $45 million for that fifth year. It came out from Rappaport that both sides said that is a complete lie. Do we have any legit update on what's going on between Dak and the Dallas Cowboys? And is that deal ever going to get finished, or is this going to be an ugly till the end? There's nothing going on. Like This, is, this has been the most ridiculous negotiation ever because I remember when the two sides broke it off last September, once the 2019 season started. And there was like these monthly updates, like every month it was, oh, Dak, and here's where the extension is. And I remember I talked to a guy like, you know, it, it was like in January, and he literally said to me, listen, man, we have not spoken to Dak's camp since September. What the hell are you guys talking about? He's like, you keep updating things. We're not even speaking to each other. And what had happened was the Cowboys had a set number on the table. Dak's side had a set number on the table. Dak went out and played three pretty good games. And then guess what? Dax Camp looked at the Cowboys and they said, his number just went up. So that number we gave you before, that's not legit anymore. And the Cowboys took the phone. We are in a different time now. That's (laughs) That's Pawn Stars. That's Pawn Stars. Well, they, you know, Stephen Jones did the Ari Gold, took the phone, smashed it on the wall, and that was going to be the last time they were going to talk to Dax people. It was like, all right, I guess we're just going to have to look at franchising you. That's just what's going to happen. Um, you know, things at the Combine changed a little bit. I think the Cowboys, the, the, the entire fight, I've summed this up a million times. It's about four years versus five years. The Cowboys are sitting there and they're saying, we have to get at least five years on this deal. We want five years of control. You know, Dak's side saying, hey, go look at the Wentz deal. Go look at the Goff deal. All these quarterbacks are signing four-year deals. And the Cowboys are saying, those are tack-ons. That's not four years of control. Those are tack-ons to deals that are already in place. That's five years of control for those teams. That's what we want. That's what they're arguing about. The numbers, I'm telling you, are going to come in in the mid-30s. If he signs a, a five-year deal, it's going to end up landing between 35 and $40 million. If he signs a four-year deal, um, it's going to end up being around $35 million per season. That's where they're at. And if they cannot just squash it, and I think July 15th, we can keep talking about this, but nothing's going to get done until you know start at july 8th and run it through july 15th that's when the rubber is going to hit the road on this thing and if it doesn't get done then i'm telling you right now that's going to play out his franchise tags and he's going to do the kirk cousins and really put him up against the wall all right well there's some inside information from senior nfl reporter at yahoo sports charles robinson we appreciate you buddy do you have that backdrop of the city just at your house yeah, it's uh, it's one of our bedrooms, and I get hell all the time about how I've turned an entire bedroom into a little city for a cheesy Houston, the iconic Houston background. <laughs> <laughs> we like Houston a lot. We've oh, been yeah. to Houston a couple yeah. times. I, I'm a big fan of the city of Houston. 
All right, well, come on down, man. We'll go shoot guns. That's what we do in Texas. Hey, shoot some guns. Cheer on J.J. Watt. That's what we got going on. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Charles Rock. Thank you, man. Take care, guys. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to all the guests. Thanks to you. Thanks to the boys. Thanks to those who served in the military, past, present, and future. Thanks to my mom and dad. Thanks to my fiance. Thanks to the person who invented chocolate milk. That was a good idea. How about the first person who ever got milk out of the titty? Hmm? That's a whole conversation for another day. But you get it. Very grateful for everybody. We'll see you on Thursday. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend. Or five or ten. Hey, maybe ten friends you tell. How about that? That'd be cool. And if you didn't enjoy the show, don't tell anybody anything. All right, Ty, please play some independent music.